Welcome to Conversations With. I am your host, Jamie. Thank you so much for listening today. Wherever you are listening, make sure to press that follow button so you never miss a future episode. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and on Facebook at conversationswith.jamie for behind-the-scenes pictures, clips, and exclusive content. And welcome to The Greatest Movie Ever. I'm joined today with Aaron, Jared and Kieran and we're discussing our top 10 movies of the decade between 1960 and 1969. How it works, we'll take it in turns going through our top 10 lists. Depending on where a film gets on that list, it will get a point. First place gets 10 points, second place gets 9 points, third place gets 8 points and so on. The highest scoring five movies will then move on to the playoffs and we'll decide which movie is the movie of the decade. The winning movie will then move on to the grand final where it will fight for the right to be named the greatest movie ever. So let's get into it and let's find out which movie is the greatest movie of the decade between 1960 and 1969. That's literally how the 70s starts. What a perfect... Or in the 60s. Never mind the 70s. Oh yeah, we are. You've already screwed up, Jamie. What a time to be alive. Um, so we're going to have fun with the 60s. It's going to be emotional. Uh, everybody's, everybody's managed to get the list like that. So. You're talking yes. about like... <laughs> you're talking about like there's going to be upsets. <laughs> I think a lot of it might even be different. I don't think a lot of us are going to have the same I, films. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I... I, not I, like, I went and bought all the films. I was like... I haven't watched any of them. <laughs> like literally, with every with every single decade, I've kind of been like, okay, I can kind of see where everyone's going to go off here. But with now, I'm just like, what what has everyone got? I don't even know. I know what what Jamie. We know what film is going to be on his list, but like that's the furthest. I I don't know anything. Jerry's just going for like. Dumb kids film. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've only got one. That darn cat. I'll just let you know. Until I found my film that made it to number one on my list, Sword on the Stone was at number ten. <laughs> Wait, is Jared first? Are we just? No, I'm first this time. No, I'm just. I'm just telling you as a joke. Like, all right. I thought you were being. Serious. I literally just found my number one at the last bit of this list I was looking at. Wow. Well, I mean, it's one of those. I I created my list and I had to watch about four or five of them. Some of them made the list, some didn't. Um, some did make my honourable mentions. Um, honourable mention to begin with would be the Chitty Chitty Bam Bang. And oh, uh, just that, misses out. That's a weird, like, yeah, that's, I used to be scared of the child catcher. Everyone was scared of that child yeah, catcher. Yeah, that fucking um, was. You are film. the child catcher. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the film I'm that training, I wanted I'm to, training. The film that I wanted to watch for ages as well, uh, the producers, that made the shortlist. Oh, there's so many films on the list where you're like, well, that was well, like, good. I really want to watch the musical and the newer version because the new yeah. version with Matthew Broadwick is... Oh, I've seen that film. ...actually yeah, based on, is, is from the actual musical rather than this film. But Gene Wilder is really, really good in this one. And then one of the best endings from Chimpan A to Chimpan Z, Planet of the Apes, makes Never the shortlist. From Chimpan A to Chimpan Z. <laughs> From the Simpsons, Simpsons. <laughs> Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. I, I, uh... and it's one of my friends' like favorite films of all time. So, um, I have to watch it at some point. 
But I preferred the newer ones to the original. Like, oh, you know, the Mars Warburg epic. It's like... <laughs> 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 the Tim Burton special. Look at like, Is that the... Tim Burton? Yeah. Yeah, that wow. was Tim Burton, yeah. Oh, that film's shit. Well, <laughs> 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 Hayden, like, left it on a cliffhanger as well. And we still have never gotten a why sequel. Did they, why did they take the original ending and then change it to... Oh, it's Abraham Monkey, Monkey Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Monkey Lincoln. <laughs> I'm sure there's some racism in that word. Wow. Uh, what, what I went for was my number 10. Uh, you can't talk about the 60s without talking about them. It's The Beatles and A Hard Day's Night. Oh, you're... Oh, I hate that film so much. <laughs> you say you hate that film so I much. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate The Beatles. I mean, the acting's awful and it's great. But, you know, it's Beatles. What song, were you so saying? That's <laughs> actually one of my favourite scenes in the whole film. It's basically all of them on the on the train and their granddad's there and he's proper like sat up nicely. He's like sat. Uh, wait, wait, wait. In the, the film, are they all the brothers in it? No, they're, they're the Beatles. It's the Beatles and they're yeah, going but, to America. That's what the film is. But what, whose granddad is it? Their granddad. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of their granddads. Oh, I thought and you meant like, they were all like, <laughs> like brothers. No, he's just called like granddad and he's like, you okay there, granddad? And he goes, hello. And he's like, oh, he can talk, can he? He goes, of oh, course he can talk. Nice. He's a human being, isn't he? Well, if he's your grandfather, who knows? Ah. Fuck, this is why I hate it. It's so, no, why is it number 10? It's like on yeah. the level of cat the in the hat for me. The Hard Day Night, the, uh, the cover of it is the same as the rock band Beatles. It's <laughs> um, the Beatles. <laughs> the rock band. <laughs> but yeah, I'll just throw Hard Day's Night in there because it's the Beatles in the 60s. Jared. Jared. Hello. Hello. So, number 10 for me is. I've gone for Midnight Cowboy. Oh, okay. So. I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's a very weird film that I. I think I only watched it because it got um, a Best Picture win. And it's just a very (laughs) weird film where, like, a lot of I, I don't really know how to describe it like there's this weird like psychedelic bit if you've ever seen the film where they just get given drugs and they're just like proper like it goes proper weird but uh it's just because he's like a cowboy and he's basically like a male prostitute isn't he not i have no idea i, mean, no, I, 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 I just know that i bought it i'm walking it so they live in like Abandoned. It. I would. It's definitely worth a watch, just for the. I don't know. It's just because he's like, he's got a lot of illnesses. Um, Dustin Hoffman's character, and then he's like a cowboy in the city, but then he like basically becomes a pimp, like a pimp to himself. Like he just sells his body. The prequel to Magic Mike. Uh. Yeah, I th- it's it's such a weird film to explain. Like, I don't even know how I would like say what happens. It's just weirdo. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd watch it. <laughs> and I did watch it, and I put it in there. <laughs> I'd, I'd watch it. Kevin. Um. All right. So honorable mentions would be Doctor Strangelove. Um. I thought it was like. 
Can you it say was... Doctor Strange over the full title, please? <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know and the full title? Love, and the and person then... who fucked the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a film that probably people are too scared to watch because of the runtime, but Judgment at Nuremberg. A uh, really good film. I really enjoyed it. It was going to go into my number 10, but I feel like if it's a 60s list, you kind of have to put To Kill a Mockingbird on your list. So I put To Kill a Mockingbird at number 10. Um, there's one thing that, like, I feel like the 60s and 50s, re- like, well, any 60s and before really had in common was I very rarely see it done as well or as I as or as iconically as like blocking is done like in any era. Like you watch these 60s and 50s and 40s films, you'll notice that blocking is like paid as a much more paramount importance than anything else. And I think it's Kill a Mockingbird. It's done really well, especially like with the courtroom scenes. And me and Jenny like were talking. Blocking. Oh no, I love blocking. Like literally, it's I sick. Like a... I, I like it because um, it's meant. I'll mention it in films later on, but like I like it when like a character's talking in the background. In the background, but in the foreground, it's like a character doing something visually, and then the camera moves and they move, and it's just. It's really, it's really aesthetically to that era. And one thing that when I first watched it. Like, obviously, everyone's seen the court scene in To Kill a Mockingbird. It's, like, iconic. It's so good. But I didn't realise how deep and diverse... Well, not diverse, but how vast the storytelling was. Because me and Jamie was talking about how we thought it was, like... Before we watched it, it was just all in the courtroom. Like, I thought it was just all American Film Institute's number one courtroom drama ever. So, like, oh, yes, I love a good courtroom drama. Got into it. I was like, where's the courtroom? Where's the courtroom? Yes. I was like, the exact same. They got an hour in. I was like, they're going in. Here we go, the last hour. (laughs) Half an hour later, they leave the courtroom. For God's sake. Isn't there a thing about To Kill a Mockingbird is like the most produced book ever in history or something? I think it's really popular. First, like ever paperback, and they gave it to like all the school kids paperback, in Paperback, right? I, I'm pretty sure it's like one of the, <laughs> the most published book ever. I'll have yeah. a look into that thing. Besides the Bible, but no, it's a, a great story. A, a really good protagonist. Like I thought, he did a fantastic job in that role. I've got what the actor's name is, but Gregory he did Peck. a Gregory Peck. He did like really liked his performance in that and I felt like it was fairly engaging and the story is like timeless in a way like especially I was going to say the film debut as well what was that his film debut oh was it Robert Duvall's film debut oh shit I thought Robert Duvall was uh, in that George Lucas although that would have been after wasn't it oh yeah George Come on, that's 72, 73, I think. His, um... That's 62, 63, sorry. His project. Yeah, I was going to say. THX. THX or whatever. Yeah. But no, it was a Robert Duvall's first film. Mad. But no, I think that, like... It's kind of sad how, like, the story of To Kill a Mockingbird still, like... You can make it today and people would understand why you'd make a film like that. And... And yeah, I just... I think... I mean, it literally is the same as what's going on today. Exactly. Just racial racial prejudice. It's almost on the, like, it's on, like, the tier of, like, films you just have to watch. Like, if you're into film or into cinema. I need to watch it. It was when I was talking about the 60s, I was like, 
I need to watch this film. And like, I was like, I need like, to buy this film. It was like, we need to watch this. I don't think it feels like a 60s film. As in like, exactly. some films from the 60s might be a really hard watch, but I found it quite an easy watch. Just mm. like... There is a lot of films on this list, and even in the 50s, like, when I watch them, I'm still mesmerised that they were made in, like, the 60s yeah. and 50s. I felt like they would exactly. feel older. I don't know if that's just, like, a Blu-ray remaster, like, doing its work or doing its thing, but I feel like I like I watched that, and I'm like, it, it feels like a 70s, 80s film in a lot of sense. So, yeah. Okay. Film Mockingbird, number 10. Before we move on to Aaron. Oh, no. Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless it's Aaron's number ten now and he was gonna say that. He <laughs> <laughs> just took away his glory. <laughs> um I'll give you an honorable mention out to uh Big Up Your Jungle Book, you know. Um and you know what? Hard Day's Night ain't too bad. Right, and you're right about the Beatles, so it's a good, good way to mention it. Um, my number 10 is like, you know, those, I feel like with the 60s films, well, in my case anyway, my parents are just like obsessed with like these sort of films, like all these, uh, like when I saw my dad about like doing all things, right. he just gave me about 30 films to watch. Um, and some of the films I could watch as I was a kid, like growing up, but um and some of them I hate because my mum's like obsessed with like Oliver. She thinks it's like the best thing ever made. Uh, but the one film that I did watch as a kid, like growing up a lot, and I still think it's pretty good now, is The Sound of Music. <laughs> so that song is actually the theme of uh, Man in the High Castle. <laughs> like, not that one, but the. <laughs> <laughs> that song, yes, that's the one. <laughs> But um, yeah, I actually watched it recently, um, and it's not that—it's not that bad. Like I remember, like hating it when I was younger, like when I was like forced to watch it, and I watch it now. I'm like, it's actually pretty good. This the story's like uh, quite in depth, and um, I mean, Julie Andrews. I can't really remember anything from it, but I feel like everybody's watched it. Like, I mean, to be fair, yeah, I watched it. Everybody would know a song from it, besides sound of, besides obviously the hills are alive with the sound of music. Mm. I feel like <laughs> that's really like. Beepity poppity boo. Close enough. But it's like, you are like 16 going on 17. There we go. That's the one I think of straight away. Yeah. But uh, I mean. Well, it's Dory's me a saucy go. You could, you could whack Mary Poppins on there, but I thought I'd whack this one on instead. Yes. So, I feel like I'm going to watch it again. I think just it's because see if I like Mary it Poppins was like Julie Andrews' first film as well, wasn't it? Or Sound of Music was. One of them was Julie Andrews' first film, I think it was Mary Poppins, which well, is meant to think. And she got nominated and may have won the Oscar in her first ever film. Um, Christopher Plummer as well, like, he's really great in it as well. And then Christopher Plummer is still going to this day, isn't he? Yeah, round one's over, still no Nile. Nile. What a time to be alive. Is he real? No one knows. <laughs> I'm saying no. I'm saying but no. You don't want to see his crap kill. Yeah. No, no. We, we should have a plot twist. The, like, he doesn't come on this. And then when we do the live shows and he's in, we reveal that he's actually, like, deaf. So you can only do sign language. <laughs> and that's why he's not talking on the podcast. <laughs> the plot twist of the century. Just before we carry on, do you remember that, like, Doctor Who used our films? 
Yeah. What? Yeah, like Doctor Who was I a film. I think we don't work there anymore, but you know. <laughs> the, uh, the dude from, like, Lethal was in one of the night in the 90s. It's actually pretty good. Someone else is in that film actually. That's like pretty good. Wait, in what, is it like the face of time? Yeah, there's, there's, it's. Oh, it might have been in early two thousands when it was on. Uh, God, what was? Uh, one sec, let me just. Adventures in time and space. Yeah, if you just search like Doctor Who film, it's nineteen ninety six. Oh, it's just called Doctor Who the film. Or the movie. Oh yeah, and it's uh, Eric Roberts. What a actually, shit! Because that's what was on the back. Yeah, he's the master in it. Jesus. But I remember watching that film being like, it's just, it's such a weird place because I just think of like Christopher Eccleston in Stop yeah. 3. Yeah. Billy Piper. Number nine for me. I'm sure it's going to be mentioned later on. It's the Jungle Book. Ah, what they do? Actually, no, it's not. No, it's not. Jungle Book. Fuck. It's the bare necessities. Oh my God, you're actually. <laughs> well, well, you're not going to like it when you see where it is on my list. <laughs> what, is it going to be number two or something like that? It's definitely number one on the list. <laughs> <It's> de- <laughs> Why? I don't understand what your hatred for it is. It's, it's, no, 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 it's not, it's not a hatred. I just didn't expect it to be on the list. I think it's um, one of the, the strongest Disney movies. I would say it's one of the top Disney films. Like It was the, one of the first ones they live actioned. And I was looking at all the films that I was like... What do I, I think it's... The list? I, I prefer that to Mary Poppins and Sound of Music. So I was like, yeah, Jungle Book, why not? Um, I and Chitty Chitty. If I wanted to, I could put it to number one, but I don't want to. Easily yeah. could be number one for me. It yeah. is uh, probably the best of that era, if I'm thinking about it, you know. But um, it's not got Christopher Walken. Yeah, it's got the legend Christopher Walken for the new one. Exactly that. Is it... He seems better assessed, is it? And it doesn't. Oh, is that Bill Murray? That's, no, uh, that, that is. Um, no, he sings Bill King Oh, whoopee doo. Have you guys seen yeah, like you? Whoopee doo. I wanna <laughs> be Talk like, like you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bill Murray does better assessed because he plays Bully, doesn't he? Have smile. you guys seen the Andy Circus one? Jungle Book. No. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, I, I, like, I don't know whether I really liked it or just thought it was okay. See, he's got two yeah. remakes, so why can't it be that good? But like Andy Circus is, I, I do think it's really good because, like, what I, I don't like. Well, but sometimes Nolan, I can like it, but I don't Nolan. like music. <laughs> Imagine Nolan making like the Jungle Book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jungle Book is my number nine, Jared. Number nine. <laughs> what was that? I was right. Number nine. Retake. Number nine. Hey. <laughs> it's uh, a film you may have all heard of called Psycho. I've heard Solo. of it. Solo. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, I never heard the of thing it. is, is I don't love Psycho. What? Let, let me explain. So. Influential wise, yeah, it's a great film and everything it does for it. Like the scene where he falls uh, down the stairs, that's brilliant acting. I, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> okay, no, I will uh, give like I love Psycho, but that you never actually see the uh, the woman be pierced, do you, in the stabbing scene? So like nope. I've, I've watched a lot Very of videos editing. about Psycho, and I think it's a good film. I just don't know why I don't love it. It's meant so, to be a top me, ten, Jared. 
for me, it's got to be number nine. No, I do like it. I really enjoy watching it. I think influential-wise, it deserves its place on this list. But... but talking about the shower scene, they've got a whole documentary about the shower scene, the 78.52, which is basically like, the amount of cuts and everything that um, uh, they did in it. And like I said, it's, it's 78 setups and 52 cuts or something like that. And it's just ridiculous because it's one of the greatest scenes ever. And it got yeah. banned for a while and they had to cut it so many times. Do you know why they had to keep cutting it? Why? Because oh, they showed the flushing toilet. Wow. What? They showed the flushing toilet and it went aloud, so they had to cut it even more. Jamie. That, that, was, that was the main part of why they had to cut it. It's ridiculous. Jamie. Yes. Uh, let's do your psycho quiz. I, just, I found this from Emily the other day. Do you know who Norman Bates is based off? Norman Bates, yeah. Oh. It's Bingy, uh, it's, it's John Wayne Gacy. No. No, the actual no. killer. The actual killer. Pardon? The actual killer. The actual killer is in Norman Bates' yeah. character. Ed Gacy. No, it's this guy called... Uh, it's the guy that made like his fun. Oh no, I'm thinking it's Texas Ed, Chainsaw it's Massacre. Ed, it's Ed Gein. Yeah. Yeah, I was well, getting John Wayne Gacy and Ed Gein mixed up. But yeah. My next question do you know the other two films, huge films, where the characters are based off him? Off Ed Gein? Yeah, yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre as well. Yeah, yeah. one. And I don't know the other one. The other one, in, independence. Uh, now, just trying to think. I'm trying to think of lampshades and shit. The other one is like because he had human skin as a lampshade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think like who uses human skin like in a huge, huge horror film? Leatherface. Oh, um, oh, oh, um, Sounds of the Lambs. There we go. No, I was going to say Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm sure they even yeah. mention his name uh, in the case file. Um, I think he's in the. I, I was saying, I think he's in Mindhunter. Is he? I think so. I think I think they based the big dude, big dude off him. I'm not too sure. Well, I but um, there is there is someone in there that like cuts um, someone's like making skin like. What, what's well, yeah, his that, name again? What what's his name Ed again? Gein. Ed Gein. Like, yeah, he used to like skin people and then you and like form lampshades out of there, like skin and stuff. There hasn't been. He's not in Mindhunter, but there is an Easter egg of Ed Gein, apparently. But then, like, when I was talking about before, because I I saw John Wayne Gacy in my head. John Wayne Gacy's obviously the one that used to go to children's parties as a clown and kill people. Love him too. Wow. What a guy. Sexy. I'm sorry, but I've just, uh, I was just like looking at Psycho just quickly <coughs> while you were speaking. And I've just He's seen the, up the, list, everyone. the 1998 <laughs> version the of Vince the, one. the shower scene. Oh my God, how they ruined that film. The worst part is, like, everyone says about how shit it is. It definitely is shit. But then it's, everyone's like, but it's a shot for shot remake. It's is literally it? basically shot for shot. It's, I but think it's the same it just looks bad. But it's Vince Vaughn. It's definitely what's, not Anthony Perkins. What's the point? What is the point? No, it's Thingy. What, what's he called? Uh, the director. It's like the Norwegian guy. or He's like Scandinavian. Lars von Troyer. That's the one. Oh, he went... <laughs> Lars von Troyer did the Psycho remake. Yeah, I'm sure he did. That's, that's mad. And it's but Vince I, Vaughn. I was, all I was saying Bates. was, obviously, if it's good enough to have a remake film 
and to have a TV show spin-off of it. It is... Oh, it's good fun, Sam, sorry. I was going to say... No, man. Uh, but no, Bates Motel... Montreal would have made it sexy, the most. Yeah. Bates Motel is incredible. Like, it's one of my favourite TV shows of all time. Bates Can't Motel. say I've ever watched it. And, like, Series 5 it, goes it into the TV show... Uh, and it goes into the film Psycho, Series 5, the last season of how he became mother and... It, they have the shower scene in that, which I was kind of like, I don't really want to watch it. And they had Rihanna play Marianne Crane, which I thought, again, was like... Uh, but she did really well, and I really like the Swiss from Bates Motel from the shower scene. Would you say it's the best Hitchcock film? What? Psycho? Yeah. Yeah. That's... By far. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. I've just looked at... Uh, it's I just like... looked at... Yeah. Oh, sorry, carry on. I'll, talk, I'll talk about it later at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> but I just realised, I'm looking through Gus Van Zandt's, like, discography, and, like, I've seen, like, Elephant. And I know, like, I know about Cyclone, oh. I know how bad they are. But then at the bottom, I see Goodwill Hunting. Good film. But that's uh, yeah, really good I, screenplay. I, yeah, but he didn't, he didn't yeah. do any of that. He just was given the film to direct. Yeah, that, right. that was all, like, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah. Because I know I look, like, because it just seems so, like, like, dissociated from anything else he's done. Yeah. But you know what I never understood with Goodwill Hunting? You know, didn't, um... I don't know if this is true, but I, I'm sure it wasn't McConaughey with them at the time. Like, I'm sure he was one that like lived with uh, Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. I always thought, like, why wasn't he involved in like, Goodwill Hunting? I have no idea. The best story yeah, that I have... Probably he was. We're going to go completely off topic now, but the best story I have Might about well. Goodwill Hunting is... I don't know if you ever heard about the scripts for Goodwill Hunting and what they did when they sent it off to people. So basically, oh. yes, I have heard about this. Yes. So Ben Affleck and Matt Damon obviously wrote the script for Goodwill Hunting, and they wanted to get it done by a proper studio. That's you know somebody that would read the script and do it all. So basically, they did the script, and in the middle of the script, it would just be normal. Then all of a sudden, it would go into a massive blowjob scene where he starts sucking Will off. Yeah, and, literally, off sent, there, and yeah. literally sent the scripts off to everybody, and everyone's like, "Yeah, we'll we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Do it." Uh, and and then basically, so like, did you read the script? It's like, yeah, it's great, yeah, it's great. What do you think about this? It was like, oh yeah, it's great. And then go back and be like, oh god. Uh, but literally, I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Weinstein. It was Harvey Weinstein. And he read it. It was like, it was a really good script. But what's this blowjob scene doing in the script? It makes no sense whatsoever. And obviously, that's why they chose to do it with him because he actually read the full script. That's actually very interesting. Like, I, I love that. Weinstein is a good producer. He's just a horrible man. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, from Weinstein to who is it now? It's Kit. Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> potential investor of Wrexham Football Club. Wow. <laughs> Kieran. From Weinstein to Kieran, sex offenders. <laughs> Um, my number nine is like I, I imagine I'm going to see it or we're going to see it again in this top ten so I won't talk much about it I think that Jared's going to have it in so it's going to be the good the bad and the ugly um, there is another western coming this list not the best western in my opinion but definitely like a second third one of the, like, it's one of the most iconic in, in my opinion like there's just so many people that I know that have seen, that know the score, that know the actors, that know the scenes. And I think it's 
with with a film like that and with what Sergio Leone does with westerns is so amazing. Like especially with the eye shots, I hate like close ups. Well, I'm not. I don't hate them, but I'm not a massive fan of close ups. Uh, but with I've always found them a bit corny, but with Sergio Leone, I I don't find that to be as I don't find that to be the case like at all. And I'll talk about Sergio Leone more in my other western. Yeah, I feel first. like I but, I wish yeah. I'd have seen the whole trilogy so I can have a fair comparison of which is better. But yeah, I think like the good and the bad and the ugly like holds so well as a standalone film rather than in the trilogy. I think. I think it doesn't like, make sense in this trilogy, and he's two mm, different characters, is not? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, um, yeah, but the first well, I, I like can't say anything because I'm seeing the whole thing, but I've only seen a fistful of dollars and good, bad, and the ugly. But even still, I just didn't get like why they were in a trilogy per se. I'm just going to say something very controversial here. Oh no, I'm not a big fan of Clint Eastwood as. An actor. I I I do agree. I think, I think he's yeah. a really good director. But when it comes to acting, I think he's just a bit. Didn't I think. He, I, don't know. I think uh, that in these films, like especially the first two in the trilogy, because they're like more like Italian films anyway. I, it's it's a bit like the Mad Max thing, like I like. Mad Max 1 is pretty much like an indie film and then like 2 becomes like westernised like um, with more funding yeah, so a kind of like a different well, vibe what you think yeah um, and I don't think like Clint Eastwood's the best actor uh, but I think like in the 70s like that's when he becomes like a lot better like when you see like the Dirty Harry stuff and then later on like in his career like doing like Untouchables and that I think that uh, not yeah. he's Untouchables isn't it yeah, yeah, Untouchables yeah, with yeah, Morgan Freeman. Unforgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So, like, oh, no, oh, like, it's Unforgiveness. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Unforgiveness. Right. Unforgiveness, yeah, yeah. But, Sorry um, about that. But, yeah, I, I completely understand, like, I get, like, when, you, when you're watching him, he's, he's, it's a weird style. I think he's I, a good director because he's been through so much of the industry, like, mm. some of the most iconic films. He just will have that knack to where he just knows what works now. But he's, he's one of those directors, apparently. I thought all I heard people just say is like, he goes, okay, action, all right, cut, move on, cut, move on, cut, move on. He don't mess about or like take about yeah. five shots of the one scene. He's just go, like, got it, let's go, let's got one it, dir- go. One directing technique that he does really well is that he doesn't say action. Like, he always just says, like, camera sound. He's like, whenever you're ready. Oh, you like mean you... like I do on my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, you yeah. get inspiration. What well, Clint Eastwood is stealing from you, <laughs> but no, like he just like I I do like him as a director, and I think in a good bad the ugly he is really good, but he's so overshadowed with all the other characters. Like I think that what Sergio Leone is really good at is not just focusing attention on one character, even though it like it can be alluded that he does do that. He Our, gives each uh, character a... dubbed. Over, I think yeah. Some I, of I it. I don't know for sure, but yeah. In, in the in the first two, like it's pretty much literally everything. It's not as bad in Good, the Bad, and Ugly, uh, but you can because you there's some bits where you're like, oh, that ain't right." Yeah, but yeah. Literally, in a way, the westerns, Good, Bad, and Ugly, was like my introduction to the '60s. In a way, I remember watching it really young. Well, and... I'm completely the opposite. Like this, is what I was struggling with the '60s and '70s. I don't watch war westerns. 
literally 80% of like literally the 60s and 70s is like that. So I'm looking forward to the 50s when the Westerns are starting to go and we got back into Hitchcock. Because yeah, be- <laughs> everyone remembers, you know, when you just put Channel 5 on, it's just a really shit Western. It's all, oh, yeah. But that's what's good about Good, the Bad and the Ugly because it stands above the rest. Yeah. What um, I've noticed the most watching these like films like the last week, 70s and, and the 60s, I can't say it for any other decade really, uh, but like there's actors in this decade uh, where just there's no one that comes like close to them like nowadays. Like uh, that has that like je ne sais quoi or whatever. Um, but like you watch some of these films and I, and I just think there's there's just something to... I know I said like he wasn't like the best acting in like this, but there's something co- so cool about Clint Eastwood and like Paul Newman. And, I was yeah, say, Paul Newman. Um, I was going to talk about him soon. Well, Marlon Brown, oh, no. I've, well, I've never seen Cool like... Luke and it's not on my list, but I've seen clips of it and he just owns that film. That's what I mean, because... He's Queen as well, like... Yeah. I think, oh, I think yes. with the '60s and the '70s, because obviously they don't have so much CGI within it. It's just based mm. literally. It's just two people. Like, it's just the camera and you yeah. acting. So you've got to be there good actor, to yeah. memorize, like to mesmerize the audience. But so it's heavily do based on days, story. Do these days like come as close to like Steve McQueen or Paul Newman? Like no one gets there. Like, I tell you, I mean, you can like, do. Um, Brad Pitt looks pretty cool in once upon a time Washington. The person yeah. that the yeah. person Dune, that played. Yeah. Him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, it could have been Damien uh, Lewis. <laughs> he played. He played him in, in the Great Escape, couldn't it? Yeah. Damien Chazelle. Damien Chazelle. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about Damien Chazelle. Um, <laughs> so is this Aaron now? Then? Good, bad, new, Lewis Kieran's. Uh, my number nine. Um, so, like I say, when I said about doing this list, like my dad, like he's obsessed with like westerns and war stuff, and he just gave me like a list of loads of them. I couldn't watch it, barely any of them. But he was like, "You have to watch uh, Von Ryan's Express or Van Ryan's Express." So I watched it, and it's actually amazing. Uh, Sinatra. Also, when I so I know Sinatra's done films, but I've seen some of like I know like musicians back then were like pushed into doing films like Elvis and. Elvis can't act very well, but I was I was like, Snotch is not going to be able to act. And he really pulls it up. I was really surprised with Sinatra. Um, it's similar to The Great Escape, um, but it's just like a bit of a hidden gem, really, in the 60s, and I definitely recommend it. Sinatra's got an Oscar now, and he, for um, On the Waterfront? I don't know. I think he wanted to support an actor. No one. But on the waterfront, I can't remember. I could have been right? a no, for, no, from, I could have been a <laughs> not that. Uh, for, from here to eternity, sorry, that's what he's wanted for. I'm sure. Maybe. I'll check yeah. it out. <laughs> check it out. But um, yeah, so two rounds down. Good old now, still putting the kids to bed. What a guy, love him. The real MVP. <laughs> what Niles kids? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, uh, I like how I don't no duplicates yet, which is really good. But this one for me is um, it's quite quite special to me anyway. Uh, this film, not just because of the film. Um, I think I don't think Aaron's watched the film, but he's definitely watched it. It's Hello Dolly. Oh wow! 
I was like, what do you, what are you on about? No, I, I've not seen that. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you I'm went to go see that. me in it. <laughs> Mom's got winning performance that loud. <laughs> Hello, Desmond. Hello, Hello, Desmond. Desmond. Wow. Um, but no, um, obviously, I, I, did the, um, I did the musical Hello, Dolly um, last year. It was like my first time on stage for 10 years, and it was great. I absolutely you made you made you made it sound like you wrote it. It's like I did that film. Yeah, I, I did it. <laughs> <That was great. laughs> um, so we sat to watch the film, and I, I love the film. I love the music. Um, and again, it's like me talking about these actors or actresses, like going back at like Barbara Streisand or whatever. It's just like it's weird to like look back at like Funny Girl and Hello Dolly and all of these films, and it's just like she just like it's just weird looking back and <laughs> seeing her in those type of roles, but. Um, mm. I absolutely, I enjoyed the film. I loved it. I loved the musical more, like the actual play, but I had to put the film on the list. Mrs. Malloy. Mrs. Malloy. Nah. Um, yeah, it was amazing that watching that. I I won't watch the film because it'll spoil it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Jamie's in it, I don't fucking care. <laughs> no, 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 I am the exact same. Jamie gave me something that I, I, I don't think the film will ever give me, and it was a wave. <laughs> cringe, cringe. <laughs> a wave when he no, was like, stage. I want to see. He's looking at me, isn't he? He's looking at me. I look like he's. What? Are, I was like, no, what Jamie. Are, uh, Jamie. Uh, Jamie, have you got like a DVD or like a video of you performing in it or something like that? It's photos. It's photos. What I'll quickly say about Jamie and this, right, this is it's an amazing story that I have. So I went uh, with my girlfriend and we sat like, I thought we had pretty good seats, but we didn't have like the best seats. So we sat like really far up mm. um, and then like we see him. I'm like, oh yeah, there's Jamie, good stuff. Um, and then about five minutes in, I'm like, I feel like he's looking at us. But then I was like, I feel like everyone's looking at us. Yeah, and then like 10 yeah. minutes in, I was like, Nah, he's looking like, at us. He's looking at us. He's looking at us. And I was like, I kept nudging my girlfriend. I was like, do you think he's staring at us? <laughs> and, he was, and she was like, I don't know. And then I got a text, literally. <laughs> During the play. Like, from when, I, I can type it in my pocket. <laughs> I can see. He, was, he literally sent me a message like, I can see you or something. I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it's like in interval. I was like, got my phone. I was like, I Shame, I really wanted to see Jamie and Shrek, and we literally were like planning to go. Yeah, I was totally down for going, but I just. And I it was literally like, I think it was the week of the performance, was it, it got cancelled? Technically, yeah. I mean, we knew obviously four weeks before that we weren't doing any more rehearsals for it. Oh, shit. Right. Um, so we knew obviously four weeks, but we didn't know if the show would still go ahead or not. Or get postponed to later in the year, and obviously it's been postponed to next year. But it couldn't go in April next year because we've already got a production of Kinky Boots in March next year, oh. which is supposed to start rehearsing next month, obviously, due to Nothing's gonna everything. Happen. So t technically next year, there should have been Kinky Boots and Shrek to be performed next year. But neither is happening. We don't know. There's a meeting next Wednesday. Um, I don't want Kinky Boots. I want Shrek. On Shrek. We're doing I both. Want... That, like, Kinky Boots is in March and then Shrek is in... July, August. Shrek, Shrek should be in March. Shrek! Shrek! Shrek. <laughs> um, but yeah, hello, Dolly. <laughs> uh, Jared. 
Number eight, we've gone for Mary Poppins. And I don't, I didn't put this as like an ironic, like, oh, Mary Poppins. I put this as a, I actually think Mary Poppins is a good film. And I enjoyed it as a kid. The dance numbers are great. The animation's great. Um, obviously, I've seen, um, is it Saving Mr. Banks? Oh. No, Mr. that's crap. That's not even <laughs> on the same level. Uh, I think it's Saving Mr. Banks where they say that the woman didn't actually like animation and they put the animated scene in it anyway. But, um, you know, Chim Chimney, like, there's just so many good tunes. It is like an iconic musical. Like, everyone's like, oh, that's the longest word. And it's like, it's not a fucking word. It is, it's in a dictionary now. I'll show you my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, great film. Not not ironically, it is actually a really good musical number. Like, um, it just it is hit pop culture as in like everything is. So like I was just watching, I think it was like almost like Prop Hunters on uh, Disney Disney Plus. I don't know what it's called, but if you look at it up some yeah props. it's decent that yeah, yeah and I they did like mary poppins episode. and like you yeah, saw the yeah. like the dress like they had the original dress and it might not seem like a lot but it's like yeah that is iconic like is it the pluto guy or goofy guy that's like presenting it the guy who, like, yes it is yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but like you know like the uh yeah we've got like loads of them like brushes haven't they yeah yeah. I, to be fair, with Mary Poppins, I don't know. I just, I remember watching it. It just didn't like hold up in my memory, or it didn't hold up in my head. I just don't. What, did you just try something, Jared? Oh, I did. I, I I put my vodka into a bottle, but I don't think I saw how much vodka I put in. <laughs> it's about <laughs> half like, vodka. I mean, considering like you basically know, like you'll put it on. Like I, I'm not a massive fan of like Mary Poppins, but I remember it as like yeah. Being full of sugar. Oh, it's like, like go down. You know, what I mean, you could go down. down even if you've not watched it in five years. Yeah. But you could name five films in that in the film. five songs in that film. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously uh, when I, I talked about I... Mary Poppins Returns before, they used the same animation in it from Mary Poppins, didn't they? In one of the scenes, actually, I didn't really like it. I found it very. Uh, I've watched it. Rip off. It's a homage. It's a cash grab. <laughs> but like, no, uh, I can't. Okay, I may have heard it. I might have heard it, but I can't like think of one Mary Poppins song. What? So that, okay, okay. This, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really make you guys mad. I feel like I'm gonna make you guys mad with that. But is that a song? What? What? Super Califragilistic. Yes. Super Califragilistic. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. Super Califragilistic. Oh, I just thought it was like no, no, just a tune to make you remember it or something. The thing is with Mary Poppins, right? Is like two thirds of it is like decent in like a kids' film, and then like there's another third to that film that's so weird. Oh, with the dad, yeah, yeah, like the laughing guy as well. Like that scene, the feed the bird scene's dead weird. The scene where they go to the bank's really weird. 
But uh, the plot to that film as well, like, try and say the plot to that film, like, because I know... I like, don't even know what it is. Could, what is the you plot? You could say, like, What do you mean, like, what's the plot? Comes, Woman it, comes and sorts yeah, family <laughs> out. Family sorts <laughs> out. It's not like Super Nanny. There's loads of stuff going on in the background. It's like, Super yeah, Nanny on drugs. <laughs> but she's got a bit of magic. <laughs> like, where does the laughing banker come into it? You know what I mean? He's suddenly flying. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, sorry, I legit thought I heard Jared come, like, you know, like, woman comes in socks or something. <laughs> what? Woman comes and sorts the kids out, kids get sorted out. There's the, um, there's the house with the, uh, the fire's like a, a rocket, like, not a rocket, what do you call them, like, um, pirates. A cannonball. There's a cannon, a if I a cannonball every day. What the fuck happened to Mary Poppins? Oh, no, it's so, it's so weird, mate, honestly. Look, if you can't so be able to watch it, just watch The Simpsons' uh, Mary Poppins. No, 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 I want to watch it. I'll probably watch it, but I'm a just A kid, like, like, literally freaks out. Someone gives him, like, a penny, and the kid, like, just freaks out. And, like, loads of men just, like, come around crowding. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, funny in the band. The, the scene literally before that... It's like a four, like five minute song of a woman just throwing like bread to birds. Who's like not in the rest of the film. It's so weird. It's so weird. But like, it's one of them films you have to watch every Christmas. Unlike Chicken Run, which is fucking shit. Chicken Run is a classic. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Chicken Run, best film about the whole post. (laughs) What was that? I don't like gravy. Yeah, I don't don't want to be a pa. I don't like gravy. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's just them. That's the life of the film. <laughs> you say that, and I picture their mouths like moving in that way. <laughs> I don't like gravy. Uh, but yeah, Kevin. <laughs> um, my number eight is. I was surprised if anyone actually has this in their list. Well, we got to have like. Well, it's kind of a niche film, but it's Battle of Algiers. Ooh. So it is probably. If you want a war movie that is purely political and does it in such a like a, a mesmerizing manner, watch Battle of Algiers. It's absolutely incredible, and it it really does a good job at like. Give us a little it, just plot, just. Uh... Oh, it's basically just like the um, what the French invade. Wait, yeah, French. Algerian the French invasion. Oh, French no, yeah, the French. Yeah. yeah, it's a French colony. I, I was going to say French invasion. I was like, wait a minute, my brain just did a bar. But no, it's like a French colony that's been invaded, and they have to try, and like it's like the resi- the resisting against it, and it's I haven't seen so like, like Libya, I, I didn't, almost like in a way, yeah, in a way, it's like I have I did the mistake. I was planning on watching it recently. I've only, I saw it like a, a year ago, but I was planning on watching it recently, but with other events happening, I couldn't find time to watch it. COVID, but yeah. Yeah. Well, not just COVID, <laughs> just, you know, just doing shit. No, no excuse to leave the house. Still catching time. <laughs> yeah, when you have a girlfriend, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think it, it really did a good job at visualizing struggle and visualizing the kind of like, Oh, what's the fucking word? I've I've completely lost my train of thought here. Oh, what's like? Uh, oh, the, okay. I'm gonna be re- really dumb here, but what's the word for like being in tra- like trapped? 
closed in. There's like a word. I think it begins with a C. Claustrophobic. Lockdown. Claustrophobic. <laughs> Claustrophobic. Like no, it's like, wait on. <laughs> oh, no, it's going to bug me. I'm, I'll find it after. But basically, it's like, it like because a lot of the shots are like really tight, especially with ensemble casts. So you talk about like enclosed. Kind of. There's a word for it, but I'm struggling to find it. I want to try and find <laughs> <laughs> close, <laughs> but um, but no, it, constipated. It, like, it's, it's a really good story. It's kind of it kind of does it in the same way of um, do the right thing, as it's like a really good, I think a really good example. No, it does a really good job at um of an ensemble cast. And I think it's one of those films that people should watch. If you're into war movies or into political dramas or whatever, it's a film that you should definitely watch because there's not a lot of action in it, but it is a lot of dialogue and confrontations and, like, um, kind of, like, conflicts between good and bad and, like, what actually is good and bad. And, yeah, I just think it's an incredible film. But I'm going to try and find that fucking word now. Sorry. Um, wait on. All right, well, while you look oh. for that film, we'll uh, Aaron. just, yeah. I thought like Jared was going to take over hosting role. There's a, well, while you look over that role, we'll just move on to that. No, I just thought I'd be Occupation, that's occupation. it. It's a good That begins with an O. I know, but it has two seasons in it, so fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was just, uh, yeah. I was just going to drop in that randomly. They've uh, changed the name of Uncle Ben's price. To, to what? what? Because they said they said that Uncle Ben's rice is a racist term, so they change it to Ben's original. Yeah, visual a good <laughs> visual job at like showing occupation and like you know claustrophobia. I will use that word. Fuck you, but like yeah, Battle of Algiers number eight. What's your occupation, EV18? You really just said. Oh, the only reason you ask that question is also QV18, mentioned. My number eight is another like film. Well, I feel like it is a hidden gem in the Bond franchise, and it's the George Lazenby special of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now. Some people hold this film as one of the worst Bond films, and some people have. hold it as like, one of the best Bond films. And one of the best stories of all time is how like George Lazenby got the role for this. Like the guy wasn't an actor or anything; he literally like jumped fences in Pinewood Studios and got the role, pretending to be Sean Connery. It was ridiculous. Honestly, it's like there's an amazing. Honestly, there's an amazing, amazing story behind it. He literally jumped fences in there, Pinewood Studios. Um, but John Barry did the soundtrack for this. It's one of the best soundtracks ever. Um, opening sequence is great, and it and it was like the first. It's it's a different kind of Bond. There was it was getting in a bit of a routine with like by the end of Sean Connery's films that they're all being quite similar, uh, and this like definitely spiced it up a bit. And it's a shame that he only ever did one really, but apparently like. He was just an absolute nightmare to work with because he wasn't an actor. Um, with this but, one as uh, well, isn't it? Aren't they linking it into like Spectre and Skyfall now as well? Well, the new Spectre one is maybe that, based on Spectre, this, isn't it? Spectre is like um, Thunderball, and that started from like Thunderball and that. Where this one, it, it's more like you know that the story with uh, Vesper. 
it it's kind of like that. Like he gets married in this one. That's what it's I mean. Like, he got he got married. That's why I thought it was like the end of Spectre. Yeah, this this film is based on the um, Her Majesty's Service, the new one. Yeah. yeah so, it, that, but it it is like uh, it is one where you either love it or hate it because a lot of people you're either like well now like it used to be like you're either Roger Moore or um, you're either with him or you're against him. But uh, where this one is just like in that middle ground where like there's literally this is this is all he ever did, uh, and it's really strange. But yeah, great soundtrack as well. So we we'll move on to the next round, and I'm going for Paul Newman and the Hustler. Mm-hmm. So it's the one Hustler. of these films I've wanted to watch this film for so long. Mainly because there's a sequel to the film in the 80s starring Tom Cruise. So mm-hmm. I was like, I can't watch the 80s film without watching the original. So The Hustler is basically like a pool shark. He just goes around hustling people for money at a pool. And I thought there was going to be a lot of pool in it. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. There's like pool at the beginning and a kind of pool at the end. I'm like, what? It's like, we need more pool in this. It's the same with like another film I'll talk about. Um, it was like, really good there's going to be some great pool scenes. Like, you know, when you watch like certain sports movies and there's like some great montages and shit like that. The pool montages are amazing in Hustler. And I love it. Uh, I think the character Jackie Gleason plays um, uh, Fats, he's called. He's amazing. He's basically like the best pool player. And he's literally just the role. Like his character is amazing. He's just basically like a ball, top pocket. That like, just says it and literally just smashes it in. That's cool. Um, and... It was weird because obviously I thought it was going to be the story of Paul Newman wants to play this guy, he gets completely annihilated and then wants to obviously like get better and play him again. But it's not like that whatsoever and it's like took me by surprise. And it's one of those things that like you said about Clint Eastwood, it was like Paul Newman, he's just one of those people. Why is he not? You just, you just look at him and he's like, like he, he takes over the camera, like he can't yeah. not look away. Why is he not in everything ever made? <laughs> I <laughs> got it. Yeah, that's something. when I was just like watching his film. Like, why is he not in more stuff? Like, the guy's amazing. Yeah, so, is he still uh, alive? Or? No, he died. Um, after, he's in cars. He's in cars. Yeah, he died just after cars, I think, in 2008, 2009. Probably his, cars. Probably his best film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, what like, the, co- the color of money follows on like 25 later, 25 years later from The Hustler. So he's playing his character uh, from the film, Paul Newman. And obviously, he's like trying to like. Uh, teach Tom Cruise the hustling ways to a degree, so I'm really looking forward to watching that at some point. But no, I enjoyed the hustler; it was, it was good. Good. Jared. What was that? Good. Okay. Uh, uh, we have what to... uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. It's yeah. Emperor. Of course. Of course. How dare you, Aaron? <laughs> God damn it! Execute order sixty six. I still got the video of Jared doing that. <laughs> Table wow. number sixty-six. Execute <laughs> order sixty-six. <laughs> Just in the middle of spoons. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're up to number six, are we now? Seven. Seven. Are we in seven? Yes. Oh, sorry. Uh, yes, sir. it's just below number six. I didn't see that. <laughs> no, because my films are, are in order of like. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Like so it'll jump from like two to four. But, yeah. Um, 
You just wrote films. Like, <laughs> I wrote the films and then I numbered it's them. It's like fucking Raymond here. Is it like, mind, is it like a mind map? Like ones there, two, three. Just got the matrix. <laughs> no, so it'd be like, I don't know, like number seven's here, but then number Yeah, you, you wrote the films. Oh, do you like name the film? Yeah. I name yeah. the films and then I write the number next to it. So for number seven, I have given it to The Graduates. Okay, I was wondering. You what, sorry? So that you're trying to seduce me, Mr. Jared. Just, I love the scene. Like, there's just a lot of things in the film that's good, but I really like the shot they do where, you know where he's in the pool? Mm. It becomes the bed. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a sick shot. Like, it was. I guess. Oh, no, carry on. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. Um, Say what you're saying. No, I was going to say, arguably, like, one of the best ending shots ever. Yeah. Like, like, I don't. Like, everyone knows the Simpsons Mickey take. Like, if a film gets taken in the mick of in Simpsons, you know that film is. You know you've made it if you make it. Yeah. But like no, I like I, I don't really like I think the film's okay, but the ending shot of like when they're just like driving away in the car and um Hello Darkness in the bus comes on and yeah, it's oh car bus, sorry. And um and yeah, just like the regret on their face. So well not regret. Yeah, but, but it's like it's like, it's, it's like realisation. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that uh sometimes it's better the devil you know, like like 'cause everyone has those thoughts of like through their lives of like, oh, uh, shall I run off across the side of the, the other side of the world with a girl, or shall I just quit my job tomorrow? But that you yeah, never that, know that's what it's what like. It until, is, yeah. Until you actually do it, and that that scene just captures like the perfect moment. That after, like, oh that, shit, after they do yeah. it. Just, like, yeah, you don't see that. You right, just see like, oh, it's driving the sunset. What happens after the sunset? Well, yeah, yeah. It's like what what's one of the I always thought that film. I, I may be completely wrong, or I am right. Like, it's the whole, you're trying to seduce me, aren't you, Mr. Robertson? Don't you, like, try and sleep with somebody's mum? No, she trying and sleeps with him. And then he falls, yeah, yeah. He falls, so basically, he falls in love with, like, her daughter. Okay, so, so, yeah, yes. the mother. yeah, so it's right, yeah, so it's basically American Pie. Uh, yeah. People have said that, like... It's Finch, yeah. But he's with, he's with the mother, but he falls in love with the daughter, doesn't he? But mm-hmm. then the daughter obviously finds out that he's slept with the mother. I want to watch the ending scene again. Well. Yeah, I, I love stories. Probably that ending scene is probably like the thing I think about like all the time. It always just pops in my head because they use it. They even have it. Can like, we just run away to Japan? <laughs> no, no. It's just like so. It's just so perfect, and like it doesn't even. It just makes you think so much. Um, but um, they even they have it in Five Hundred Days of Summer, like the exact same scene. Like they they're both sat on the books, yeah. but it's a different. It, the only thing that annoys me is like it's a different sound of Garfunkel's song bookends, but that's also in that in the graduate. But uh, yeah, they even have it in that film, and it's good in that film as well. The use of it. The thing is, it was to me, it was always such a like a film that everyone was like, "Oh, one of the best films of the '60s." And mm. I think if I naturally just discovered that film, it'd probably be number one. But I think because it was one of them films that was so in high regard when I watched it. Yeah, I was almost putting off watching it. So when I did watch it, while it was, it is a good film, and I loved everything about the film. Mm. I just don't see it as like an all-time great for me because I kind of like films where I discover it, and it's like, oh, it's my film. That's why I love films like Arrival and that. 
Mm. Like, yeah. I, I know, and we saw that together, Jamie. It's our film. Exactly, I saw that. Yeah. Film <laughs> but like the thing is, I never watched the trailer. I didn't know anything about it. I went in, I loved it, and it was just then I discovered the whole like Dennis, um, Denis Villeneuve, Den- and then all these other films, and it was like it just whirlwind from that. But when Gradio was that film that was so high regard that when I watched it, unless it's a Godfather, it's not going to hold up the same. Like, standard. I get you. I get you. Kiki. Yeah. My number seven is a Hepworth favourite. It is Bonnie and Clyde. Just to confirm, who is Hepworth? Chris okay. Hepworth. Chris Hepworth was um, my, me, Jared, and Jamie used to study script writing for stage screen. And Jared, did I, I didn't, but I did. Oh, Jared was filmmaking, yeah. But, um, I was too. <laughs> Our tutor was Christopher Hepworth, who is I thought you a big said, shout out to Christopher Hepworth. Hepburn, and I thought you was going to say like Breakfast at Tiffany's or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, never have I been. I probably Bonnie and Clyde is one of those films that surprised me most. I fully went into the film thinking it was going to be like a child, like a children's film, or like it was going to just be a boring, typical story. I didn't look at the rating. I just, like, I saw oh, I was going to say. I, was like... I, saw, I saw it on TV and I was like, okay, let's play it. Like, okay, cool. It was on ITV one day or one night. And literally, I was watching it. I was like, a half an hour in, I was just like, really. Like, well, the opening scene, obviously, is not a children's film. But, like, <laughs> the but I, I was just fully enthralled. And I really, like, probably one of the best duos. Like, you couldn't pick two better people to do those roles. And, like, one of the best things that Chris said about it was it was the first film to really show that bullets hurt. If you know what I mean? Like, and it, it fully shows. Like, every time I, like, a gunshot is showing that film and the reaction it has to the body, it looks like it is brutal. And one of the most well-edited ending scenes, in my opinion, um, when... Bonnie and Clyde die. Spoilers, well, you should know that they die. It's Bonnie and Clyde. But um, oh, when when they get shot up and the, the, the editing in that scene, if you haven't seen that scene, just watch it and just pay attention to the editing. It just completely freaks you out. People think it, it can look bad, but to me, it's just, it represents that panic you have in a moment like that so well. So I'd recommend going to watch it. And yeah, I just didn't think I would be so so into that film it just purely surprised me and i think it was like i said it deserves to be on this list because it it was the first films where i know of where it showed that gunshots actually do like are that violent and you know guns are that bad <laughs> so it's in, some, in films in films not in real life i'm saying there's something i'll probably say about bonnie and clyde i just want to be sure before i do say anything jared can you just tell me who's in bonnie and clyde the actors oh um it's warren Beatty, right what la la land yeah, mate. yeah. <laughs> bonnie and clyde i'm getting it's warren Beatty. louise <laughs> Wait, what Bonnie yeah. and Clyde are the one who said the wrong Oscar films, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's what yes. I was going to say. Uh, I mean, Warren Beatty and uh, Hepburn. Yeah, so, you know, I'll never forgive him <laughs> for that, so I refuse to watch the film, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, because he actually See, got... that, I don't even know the film, and I know they did the Oscars wrong. Yeah, but um, yeah. No, it, was, it was only the woman, weren't it? But, um, You're impossible. No, no, I think, I don't blame the woman. 
but um, no, all I was going to say is uh, I've watched a lot of. She wasn't sure, films. and she just went for it. Good, she just saw Emma Stone and went la la la, and was like, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, like, go on. Give man. him the Oscar. Give him the Oscar. <laughs> um, but no, what I was going to say is because I've watched quite a few films that are similar and that have been based off that. What would you say is the best? Like Man Woman, like go on a killing spree film. Oh, Bonnie and Clyde. True Bonnie and Clyde's the OG. No, but then you Bonnie got, like, and Clyde. But then you got MBK. But True Romance is based on Bonnie and Clyde. You, you want to say Natural Born Killers? No, Bonnie no. and Clyde. True Romance, easy. No, and, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> I, I didn't even know this because I did, um, it was well, the it matter? True Romance, anyway. They don't go on a killing spree anyway. Like, but they're, like, they're good guys in True Romance. So I wouldn't even class that as like... yeah. But that's you know, like, a G in it, like you know what I mean. You're just saying like all these films that Quentin Tarantino. No, I'm saying like Badlands as well. That's what I was yeah, but I'd say like Django and Django, like the, the yeah, 60s Django film. Yeah, but did anyone watch Badlands? Um, I've seen part of it just because of the. Yeah, because Badlands is apparently what is MBK is based off it. I, I didn't even know who was in it, uh, but it's, it's, Martin, Martin, it's Martin Sheen and Sissy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I might actually watch it. And it's like Charlie Sheen's first film and then Emilio Estevez's first film as well because they like got extras in it. But um, yeah, I think that's what like MBK is based off. So I was like, I might eventually watch it. I'm sure Niall's watched it. Niall would talk about it, but you know, he doesn't turn up. Yeah, so. yeah well, fuck that. <laughs> Man and woman going on a killing spree. What about the Yorkshire Mom? What, what, what about oh, that? That touches the nerve. Like what I was gonna say is put cars in it as well, and you got gone sixty seconds with Angelina <laughs> Jolie. I thought you meant put and... cars in that. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, no, yeah. no. Not gonna lie, gone in sixty seconds is actually a good film. I actually I think say... it's a good film. On a quick tangent about God in 60 Seconds, the best thing about God in 60 Seconds is like, you know when they've got it's his brother? It's second film. Uh, you know when like the, Christopher Eccleston's like got his brother like tied up or whatever like that and Nicolas Cage walks in he's like, right, I think he brings like, I don't know if it's 10 grand or like 100 grand. Like he basically just brings like 100 grand and he says like, there's some money. Like, give me my brother back. And Christopher Eccleston's like, nah, you're all right. But if you do this job for me, get these 60 cars or whatever then like you can have your brother back he's like alright I'll do that and he just leaves the fucking money he just leaves the money <laughs> like, he just walks out he's balling he's booling like <laughs> literally the, the other shot is like obviously Nicholas Cage is when he gets like shot like three times in Con Air and he's just still walking <laughs> brilliant <laughs> yeah, I just love some it's Nicholas Cage nothing can kill him the even in was, even in knowing, you don't know if he's dies. <laughs> no, I remember when knowing came out and everyone was like, "This film is like the greatest film ever made." And then I watched it, I was like, "This is fucking <laughs> shit." Yeah, literally, I, like so the trailers bad. made it look so good, and then I looked trailer, and I was like, "This is shit." No, I watched it. I'm like, "This is so bad." It's like on the level of like 2012. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> oh my god! Bring back 2012. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I was hyped. I remember, like, as a young kid, that I was, was actually a rolling going for Oscars, that film, and then it came out, and it was uh, a film. Speaking of, like, disaster movies, that new one looks really good, Greenland. Geostar. I don't know. He's not going to have done a good film in a very long time, I feel like, Gerald Butler. 
And yeah. the last He's just been doing his fall, and that's why he's been doing all of them. Yeah, I miss that remember... PS I Love You, you know what I mean? Like, Do you remember the film? That. Do you remember a film we did called Gamer? Yeah, I haven't watched it, it, but yeah. yeah. It's got Dexter it's, in it, don't, don't watch it, don't watch it. It's really bad. It's Fair good enough. concept, but really bad. But yeah. The 70s, Aaron. <laughs> the, the 60s. 60s. <laughs> yeah, that's my <laughs> My number seven on the 70s, 60s. Cuckoo Cachoo, Mrs. Robinson. It is The Graduate. The first yeah. implement. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Um, just the, pretty much what Jared said, really. Like, it's just one of those films. I think I watched that film when I was really young, though. And um, I even kind of, like, got it then. I understood, like, um, the metaphor at the end of the film. And... Also, like, obviously, like, it's one of the best albums ever, never mind just soundtracks. Um, they did, like, such a great job. Like, it was recording, like, the album, like, uh, in, like, toilets and corridors just to get, like, the best effects on it. It's, like, really weird. But, um, yeah, just that final shot, it just sticks out to me all the time. And um, Dustin Hoffman put him, I feel like that was the first... Was that probably his first like big one? Maybe. Must yeah, it must have been. Was it before uh, Cowboys? He's just a great. Yeah, it's before Cowboys. Yeah, uh, he's just a great actor though, isn't he? Just mm. he, he delivers. Apparently, he's horrible to work with though, isn't he? Don't care, he's sexy. Meryl Streep said, "Yeah, she she would never work with him again because apparently he was horrible in there." Uh, was it Crane and Cream? Cream of us, Cream of it was together or? I don't know why. Crime, I don't yes. know why that. Yeah, name but they had to be like me. that anyway because they're like divorced in it. They only said they kind of have to hate each other to be like. Mm. It's called method, method acting, method honey. Method <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yes, yeah. use um, the six. So we are now going back, and we are just missing out on the top five, sixth place. It is To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh Ooh. shit! This high. Oh, well, to be fair, it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Why am I surprised? <laughs> um, it was one of those... That, Somebody it, doesn't it, like it. It probably it probably should be higher, but there wasn't enough courtroom for me. I love courtroom dramas, and I was going into it really excited for, like, this massive courtroom drama. I'm really hoping 12 Angry Men is going to be fucking amazing now. I know it's all shot in one scene, so, like, I know it's going to be great. So that's all courtroom, so I can't wait for 12 Angry Men next week, but... Um, to Kill a Mockingbird, I went into it and was like, where's the courtroom? What, what are these kids doing? I was like, is that what you said before, Kieran? I don't know if you said it whilst we were talking before the podcast or on the podcast, when you were like, uh, I, I was just watching it and I was like, is this the right film? Am I watching the right film? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, did I put like the wrong disc in? Or... <laughs> I was like, even... Completely different. Like, I didn't know, it's kind of like... Um, like I said to you, it's like a mix between like The Green Mile and Stand By Me. It's just like this kids' <laughs> film. It's basically from the kids' perspective, most of the film. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, an hour mm-hmm. in, they go into the trial to obviously the black man that's raped the girl. Uh, and that's only half an hour of the trial. It's literally just all about these kids just like growing up around the area. Lovely, like, uh, lovely looking chap, Gregory Peck, as well. Yeah. But um, it probably would have been higher, but like I said, not enough courtroom for me, so I only get sixth. Mm-hmm. Top ten courtroom drama. Uh, number one. Actually, 
No. Number one being a few good uh, men. Still no. Still angry men. Brown. Also I haven't seen twelve yet. angry men yet. The Come on, Aaron. We need to get it this week. Come on, Randall Pearson. <laughs> Randall, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I was still trying to think. Uh, People versus OJ. No, it's not the documentary. Yeah, yeah. The OJ one. Um, he he's in a yeah. It's a American crime story. American crime story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's great in that. Yeah. Right. What's number <laughs> six saying? <laughs> so what was your number six, Jamie? Was it to kill a mockingbird? My number six is also to kill a mockingbird. <laughs> 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 and Aaron didn't even watch it. <laughs> now I've got it here. Like, just wow. Hey. Make sure you got the right listening there. Yeah, well, all right, why don't you just start watching it now while uh, <laughs> yeah, I say, get to him, number one and then you list. <laughs> watch him. Like He'll watch it and then he'll be like, oh, guys, actually, it's my number one probably. You know what? I'm not going to say what film it was. But I was running late on like there's one film that I needed to watch, and let's just say got the PlayStation. I watched it at one and a half speed. I took an hour off it, and I watched it in two hours. <laughs> and you know what? I wish I fucking did that with Apocalypse Now, because <laughs> 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 that would have probably been in the top three. If I didn't one and a half speed. I love that. I'll tell you what, mate. That changes the dynamic of a film. The music. Wow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine like watching a film, like your favorite films. Try watching them in one point five times speed. Let's try yeah, it. Try it. Try it. It's better. What is <laughs> the best one point five movie? <laughs> just, <laughs> you just see like man kind of hat go. That's why. That's why we've been losing it. We haven't been watching Cat in the Hat in the right way. Niall yeah. finding out the formula. Watch it in 1.5. <laughs> Cat in the Hat, you have to do it the other way around. You have to watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck that film. <laughs> oh, I didn't say anything about it. Uh, great film. Yep. Nah, I'm joking. Um... <laughs> Why, why is a film in the 60s still relevant today? Because... <laughs> is that rhetorical? I thought, it was rhetorical. <laughs> I thought that was going to Have you, have you seen the <laughs> <laughs> That should have been his essay type. <laughs> no, but it is because it is... The film is very much like no one witnessed it. Well, somebody did witness it, didn't they? But they didn't really witness it. And it's somebody's words against someone else's word. Mm. And... <laughs> The women win. <laughs> Don't spoil it, Jane. I just want to watch it. Mate, watch it's not even the film. Speed. It's half an hour of the film. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just sick also that, like, in the 60s, minutes like... The <laughs> it's literally a film where they've got, like... Um, like, in the 60s, you've still got, like, segregated toilets and shit like that for coloured people. When and, did they go? Uh, they didn't go until like the 80s, didn't they? I'm sure it's like 70s. I'm pretty 80s. sure when, um, I mean, a great film uh, quite recently, Hidden Figures, obviously they still have yeah. men. That's still, well, that's in the film. Because that's, that, film, um, that film's dead, mate. I don't like that film. Oh, that was <laughs> good. Yeah, got, got, I think that's the end of the 60s, and that's still a thing. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, like times where, in fact, is it set in the 40s, actually? Or, uh, What's that? 
Mockingbird is set in the 10s, isn't it? No, it's in the Depression era, I know that. I think it's like 1913, or it could be 1930. Is it? I'm sure at the start of the film it says like 1913, unless that's something else I've watched. I've watched so many films recently. I don't know. Yeah, same. It's written in the 60s, made in the 60s, and it's still relevant today, like, that, you know, like, there was that... uh, trial in america where that person got beat up in like the 90s and they literally like oh, said, oh Emma, um, yeah but the rodney cops king. just got off yeah rodney, rodney, king. Got off free. rodney king <laughs> <laughs> but like uh yeah so it's just such a great and the <laughs> why have you made this <laughs> do you know what jamie's on about there is it <laughs> it's one of the scenes ever <laughs> That's the weirdest thing that's ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) So it's in Jingle All the Way. You've seen Jingle All the Way. Yeah, well, uh, like when I was young. It's it's the bit where they're getting all the balls for all the Turboman dolls, and they throw them all up in the air, and they grab him, and um, and vaguely. And they're like, get the mailman! And he'll just jump on the mailman. And they and like was jumping on his steel and the balls, and he's all like, oh, Rodney King, Rodney King. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, really? Like, what is that? <laughs> Rodney King, Rodney King. Jerry be like, that's disgusting. <laughs> Alright, well anyway, because this uh trying to talk about a nice film is between turned into a race war. Oh. <laughs> gonna just stick with a uh, good film better than a few men or whatever a few good men a few good, a few men, good men. men's it is better than it is a better like... it's better than a few good men so. <laughs> okay, <on> the truth. <laughs> he's not it's not rain man jared <laughs> no well, that's arnie isn't it when arnie's audition for the role you can handle the truth. <laughs> wow um uh but you're kidding. uh my number six the first of many boys. I know yeah, it started in the eighties. I literally was like, "When's this dude?" Oh, he's gonna. Oh, he's he's gonna be coming. Oh, you're looking like Aquaman, hot like Wasabi. Yeah, the bus man. Look at me, man. You know what's in the reserves, man. It's a song, isn't it? Um, um, what's the song called by Ben Mad Naked Ladies? One week. It's been one week since you looked at me because I'm a Kirikura Sawa now. I make films like Kurosawa or some shit. I can't remember it off the top of my head now. <laughs> um, like Kurosawa and Enigma Mad films. Okay, and I make films. But if I did, I'd have a samurai. <laughs> not like It's not even the best of his 60s, but it still makes a list. It is Sanjuro. So Sanjuro is a sequel to a film that will appear later on in this um, in this list. But I've never had so much fun with a black and white film. It's so entertaining. Like in the sixties, Akira kind of go. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But like he, he went into like a entertainment factor kind of phase. But he just shoots it so well. It's basically like a whole film about a character called Samurai called Sanjuro, and his uncle is wrongfully accused, and he gets clansmen to no clansmen. That sounds bad. <laughs> he gets. <laughs> Basically, Klansman, it, it's a, it means something else in Japan. But, um, but yes. yeah, he um, recruits and tries to get him out of prison because he, like, he was wrongfully imprisoned. And um, it is just it's such, such a 
fun kind of like escape kind of film and it's done so well Akira Kurosawa just doesn't disappoint you just need to watch it it's just so good and it has one of the I'll talk about it more in your gym more in this in um the next any other film that's gonna come up later but we're not gonna lie we're not gonna lie you guys probably don't even know what film I'm talking about you're speaking too fast for your brain it's Akira it's Akira all I know all I know about this guy is that, like, there was a film... He's that, Japanese. ...that Steve McQueen did better. <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, shit! <laughs> like, what was that Which name one? Random Magnificent Japanese. Seven, obviously. Which one? Magnificent Magnificent Seven. Mag- Magnificent Seven. Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven. You shut the fuck up. No. No. <laughs> in my head, in my head, this is why. In my head, when you said Steve McQueen, I thought you meant the director, and I was like, what? What, <laughs> what film did he did? Like the guy who did 12 Years a Slave and Widows. Like, I was like, what? Who's Steve McQueen? But like, nah, like, Magnificent Seven doesn't even come close. Shut the fuck up. Um, Sanjiro, does. really fun film. I'll talk about the character more like about Sanjiro in the other film that I'll mention, but yeah, Sanjiro, just really fun film, really amazing film. Cool. Aaron? Uh, where are we up to? Six. Six. Um, my number six is a film that I watched when I was younger, and I wanted to recap on it. It's a three-hour film. Or two hours if you if I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. Uh, genuine, genuinely, I'm sure there's like directors that have said about Netflix bringing in like a 1.5 feature is like disgusting and it changes the way that people watch films. And you're just like, yeah, come on. Man. And it's and number five. No, it's weird because you could put a film like Cleopatra in 1.5 speed, it's still going to be like four hours long. Yeah, to, to be fair, like I have seen this film though before. Like I just wanted to recap on it, but uh, and I was like, I'm just gonna get in before we watch it, uh, before we do this. So I'm gonna put, make a bold statement and say the greatest soundtrack ever made. And it's the good, say. the bad, and the ugly. Oh no, it's not. Fuck you. Um, it is honestly. I'm just going to go on the soundtrack. Like, Eno Morricone, oh my God, this is like the perfect, perfect soundtrack. It defines Westerns. Is this the... Uh, well, the theme's great. The theme is like awesome. Yeah, that's what it's on though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah Ecstasy cool. of Gold, like the song at like, the end when like they get the gold and stuff. Like, oh my God, that song is incredible. Um, but, yeah, it's... It should really be higher on this list, but I do prefer the other films more. And it, it is one of the best Westerns of all time. I'd say um, there, there is another Western on this list. So. But yeah. There's, there's another Western on my list. <laughs> is that going to have the best soundtrack? Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I've got Space Western in my list. Oh, well, like you're going a lot with like top westerns list. Everyone puts like Star Wars as like number one. Like, it's not. I understand what people are saying, but it shouldn't yeah. be classed as a western because you know. Like it's, the first it's one is kind of like got like the vibes, but like when you go into Empire Strikes Back, like nothing like it. That's full sci-fi. That. Like, but people are people are like thinking desert means western. Yeah, like, you exactly. know, it's, like, you know, it's exactly. like oh. Back to the Future Three is a better western. <laughs> 
<laughs> the best back uh, of the future out. too. Oh, to be fair, Jared, Jared went as like a um, as Marty McFly from Back to the Future. I for did. Yeah, for Halloween. I did. Awful. J- Jamie, have you seen The Holiday? <laughs> holiday, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, Jack yeah. Black, Kate You know the no, little I'm old guy. Yeah. yeah. You know the little. <laughs> You know the little old guy who walks in the pool with Kate, um, Kate Winslet. She's like the guy. Kate Winslet's like looking after like this old guy like all the way through it. He's like really, okay. really old. He is the ugly in the Good, the Bad, and Ugly. Oh, okay. There we go. So, there's a Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's three people. Fair enough. I know what yeah, yeah. now. Cool. I just want... <laughs> <laughs> um, so my one top five is a film I watched today for the first ever time, and Mad. may surprise you because it's nice when you can watch films when you're at work. I wasn't yeah. at work. I finished at half four. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the birds. <laughs> it's the birds. Yeah. It's Alfred Hitchcock. The birds. Ooh. Dabbers, not the Dabbers. Dabbers. It's the gangster version on 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I was watching it, I was like, the first hour was a bit slow. I was like, okay, it's setting everything That's up. That's why James is watching really it on uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there's not much happening. And all of a sudden, shit goes down in the second You see Dabbers. You see Dabbers going down. It's like, why do I feel like that's what down. Spike... Like Spike Lee will do, like he'll just create, recreate, and call it the birds. No, I've got the birds from Jason. Like that's what oh, Jason no. says when he calls uh, the birds. What's it called? Uh, it's like the legendary birds. Like uh, oh, you talk about game. Jason as oh. Rockmander. What are the stars? Speak- Rockmander. Speaking about yeah, speaking and about I'll see Jason. You in the next video. Speaking about Jason, literally, he um he was at a party and one of my friends, uh, Maddie, was at that party, and Jason showed her our podcast, like literally the video and everything wow. like that, and was telling her about it. So we're oh, we're, we're spreading wow. out, we're spreading the you know, Jason, Jason showed the podcast. Like here's where Jamie will make Jason a did. yeah Jamie will make like like a bus. Sorry, carry on. Why would Jason, Jason show? make make like a, a link here? to Jason's channel. <laughs> Here's the link. Here's the link Here's to the, the previous link. episode. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't do any of that shit, so I don't publish the video. <laughs> <laughs> Is he playing Among Us? Don't care, mate. Sorry, I, I was accidentally just checking if someone had loaded a new video. Back to the... <laughs> Well, no, Where are we even up to? Uh, oh, oh, no. Dabbers. Dabbers. <laughs> One thing I found out, though, um, uh, Tiffy um, Hagen, the, the main actress in the in the birds, she did a few um, Hitchcock films, is actually the grandmother of Dakota Johnson. Wow. Oh. I used to always think that, do you know um, Ashley Johnson? Who played yes. uh, Ellie? I used to always think that Ashley and Ashley Johnson, Dakota. Dakota Johnson. Is Dakota Johnson the wait? Am I getting mixed one up? One from Fifty Shades. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I am picking the right one. Oh, I got a mix with Dakota Fanning. But yeah, I always think Dakota Johnson and Ashley Johnson were sisters or like related because they look very similar. I used to always, I fully believe they are like related in some way. Yeah. 
But no, I, but yeah, I really sorry. enjoyed the birds watching it for the first time. And I'm a big Hitchcock fan. It was one of those that I still hadn't watched. And I was like, I need to watch it because it's regarded as one of his best and scariest films. I mean, don't get me wrong, the CGI is fucking awful in it. But, you know. It's one of the time. I'm surprised they haven't remade it. Because well, what they could do is CGI and stuff now. But we're, yeah. not really, we're not really um, scared of birds anyway, are we? No, but no, to be fair, if you're walking so down Blackpool and you go to get your two pound, two sausage rolls for a quid and go on the prom and the anyway. birds just fucking start attacking you, you'd shit yourself, mate. Jared had it with like a burger from McDonald's before. Yeah, <laughs> I feel so bad though, because like, it is a good film, but I just can't get Birdemic out of my head when I watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, Birdemic. it's just like, it's... Uh, for anyone, yeah. listen, for anyone listening who's gotten this far, if you have not watched Birdemic, watch Birdemic on YouTube. If you've got this far. <laughs> we're literally all, we're not even in the top five. I'm the kind of far. person who listens to our own podcast and then turns it off. No, but apparently we have people from Japan watching our podcast, so... That's just bots that Jamie That's I'll stop watching it now, now that I don't mention Ghibli anymore. Or... Like, no, but Akira like, Kurosawa... Yeah, is coming in a bit for Kurosawa. We're all right. We've, we're, like, think of a good... Um, let's think of a good... Um, we need an Indian film. Let's reach that market now. Come on, boys. Oh, an, Indian <laughs> an Indian film. I know there was, like, there was, there was that one where it was like... A, a med like it was like an ancient medieval one or something like that. I forgot what it's called, but like it got it was like the biggest Indian film ever, like Bollywood film. What the fuck is it called? Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, That's not correct. a Bollywood film. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> ding 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 ding. ding, ding. <laughs> 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 no, that's me doing the slum dog impression. <laughs> it's not bad. You got pussy dolls to do it. Jaiho. <laughs> Jaiho. I love Jaiho. Get out of here. Why are you actually not the Pussycat Dolls version? How did that film win awards? That is trash, isn't it? Because Danny Boyle's uh, an Oscar darling. It's like if you know know certain directors doing a film, it's like, yeah, it's going to get nominated. Oh, The Irishman, here's a film that's four hours long, it bores your brain off. Let's give it an Oscar anyway. (laughs) Literally, you look at certain, like you said, Danny Boyle, if he does a film, it's like, it's going to be in contention to win an Oscar. Why, though? Like, he's, like, I'm he's pretty not sure Millions got like, an Oscar nomination. Yeah, they just went, uh, we could give it something. What about best original score? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ad- adaptation. Nah, but they literally just look at it like, right, we've not had a British one in a while. Danny, how are you doing, mate? We've not had a British one. What's this, an Indian boy? Who wants to be a millionaire? We're going to get everybody back on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> I actually don't know Jai-ho. why this in it, because it's actually an amazing uh, show. Jai-ho. Fire, fire. <laughs> but to be fair, like, in the, like, Oh no, I can't, I can't, I can't be arsed talking about that. No, go, go full, go full <laughs> deep. Go full deep. Go full deep. Just go full deep. Just go in, just go in, mate. Just do it. Whoa, whoa, what are you saying? I was on about the film. <laughs> so was I. Right, who's next? Who's next? Jared. Number five. five is 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Moving on. Was your number five? No, I'm joking. Um, 
while this was on TV downstairs at the start. While the film, I, was like, Ooh, I could get another film in here, but I was like, no, nah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, the film may not deliver on the sense of um, storytelling and visually. I can see how so many directors watch this and thought, wow, I'm going to make a sci fi film. Yeah, as so, so I, the bits that are amazing, because I feel it is a, a film of scenes. So you've got, I personally don't like the start scene, as in the cavemen being mm. like the monkeys. But um, I love the spinning thing. I think everyone, that's the iconic shot. The scene where he's traveling through like, like a dimension when you see all the colors, that is superb. I also feel that Hal probably inspired Alien. I know it sounds weird when I say it, that. It's used like in so many storylines since then, and that's got yeah. to be you the think first, of it, it like a computer turning evil. Mm. It's like I feel it. I genuinely feel that Ridley Scott watched that when he was younger and was like, "That is brilliant. I could use that. My change it to an alien." <laughs> because like, the, the computer kills people, doesn't it? Like mm. cuts off the oxygen, does it not? The uh, android on, like, uh, Alien is, like, trying to, like, do some dodgy stuff. But you can even, like, use that idea for, like, loads and loads of films. There's, there's loads of films where they're stuck on, like, uh, the spaceship and, like, the the computer turned bad now. And yeah. Uh, yeah. even, like, you can even whittle it down to, like, like even something like The Matrix. Like, like the computer yeah. turns bad there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I wrote about... Um... AI in my dissertation and that was one of the things that I did talk about like 2001 A Space Odyssey because it is just such a unique film in that way but I feel it loses its um, magic when you know when the, he, he gets to this room doesn't he? He just goes to this random room after he's yeah. through and that baby yeah that's all a bit weird but I, that's why I like. That's why I love Interstellar. because it takes like the best bits of that film and puts like a story behind it and makes yeah. it better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because well, this like, is the thing. Like, like I spoke to my granddad, my my granddad about this, and he said that is probably his favorite film because of he watched it in like um, so I don't know what they called it, but it's basically like a massive. It was basically like the original IMAX, and it was like mm. almost like a dome thing. And you're just sitting in the cinema and it is literally like the whole dome is this film. I can mm. imagine watching that in the 60s. Saying yeah, that there's not mind. been that many other sci-fi films at the time that are groundbreaking. Like when you think first sci-fi film, I think that film. Well, obviously mm. Metropolis, um, what's it called? Metro uh, Metropolis. Metropolis. Sorry, yeah. Like that is a sci-fi film. It's nowhere near the scale of what the Space Odyssey is like. Mm. George Lucas definitely watched that and thought, Space. Well, it's like it, 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 at the end of the day, it's, it's the Beatles, isn't it? Like without the Beatles, you wouldn't have like music as it is today. And it's like the Absolutely. same. Absolutely, I think it is. Every film that I regard as my favorite film probably starts with two thousand and one. So yeah. 
it's uh, Nolan's favourite film as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Uh, but even like George Lucas, like obsessed with it, like Coppola was, and like there's so many directors like that say like it's like the best film ever made. Like I've never really got it. I like like you say, like I love like the there are a few scenes in it where it's like it is like mesmerising, but it's the other scenes around them that just don't fit in. Mm. Yeah, that's good. But I can see why people would say it's one of their favourite films of all time. Yeah, and I think it's, it deserves yeah. a place. I think with, like... Oh, shit. My bracelet has come off. No. Oh, my bracelet's come off. Um, but, no, I think, like, with 2001, not going to, like, the hype of it really let me down. Because, like, you, you get ready for something, like, as big as, like, you know, you expect something massive and... I was coming out of it like watching Interstellar and Inception and stuff like that. And like, obviously, I knew it wasn't going to be to that scale. Cause it's, in yeah. the 60s, it's hard but... when you watched the origin after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's when you, it's, it's when you see like, you talk about the two biggest sci fi films like ever, what people go to, and it's 2001 and Star Wars. And it's just so different, like Star Wars, like watching Star Wars to watching 2001. Like, as a kid, like, I, I remember watching in parts of 2001 when I was younger and I was thinking, like, this is awful. This is so bad. It's only, like, when I got older, like, where you realise, oh, no, it's, it, it is really... Like, you've got to respect it. Yeah. Okay. I get what you mean. I definitely respect it as a film, but I just... It's not... I don't know. I just couldn't get into it for me. Yeah. But, I yeah. understand why no one... Like, why you might not be able to get into it, but... Um, it's just... It, it, it has such an impact on the yeah. whole... Yeah, <laughs> but um, one it probably I know you talk about the best Western soundtrack, but I truly think this has the best soundtrack in a Western. It is Once Upon a Time in the West. It is like I can see what you mean by Good and Bad the Ugly, but I think with Once Upon a Time in the West, the score just not only sucked me in, but it was like one of my favorite parts about that whole film. Especially at the end, and like he did such an amazing job, and like I know I'm really not a big fan of westerns, but Once Upon a Time in the West, the opening scene is just top ten by itself. It's still like, uh, it's still Eno Morricone though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely, it's still. He but... did all the spaghetti westerns mainly, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did it. He played, I think, like with when he was on set, he played them whilst, or Sergio Leone played them whilst they were on set. So the I, actors uh, actually acted to the music rather than the other way around. Last time I was in Berlin, he was there at the arena um, and like for some reason, tickets to see him was like 100, like he was like 120 euros and my girlfriend was like, I'm not really that bothered for that price and I've, it's like one of my biggest regrets not seeing him because like he literally died like Two months later, or something like he died this year, hasn't he? Wow! Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. But not amazing, yeah. But no, I I do get what you mean, and I feel like once upon a time in the West was kind of on the same level of Bonnie and Clyde. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, and I just loved the characters and like the story that is told, and it it was a traditional. And I love the main character; he's like so badass, and. I think that, like, I love what he does with the... Fuck, I forgot what it's called. Like, his instrument that he plays. 
harmonica. Harmonica, that's it. He like what he does with the harmonica and the way that's edged into the soundtrack as well. It's just so good, and I think that a lot of people like don't watch it because of good, good, and the bad, good, the bad, and the ugly, and like just that whole trilogy. It kind of like overshadows it in a way, which I feel crappy about because it is great. The West is just up there for me, like the best Western of all time, in my opinion. Charles Brosnan as well. Mm-hmm. Amazing performance, amazing. Are you saying it's almost a bit like? How Star Wars probably overshadows Star Trek, while Star Trek deserves its just dues. It, it kind of, in a way, yeah. Even though I wouldn't say Star Trek is better than Star Wars, I would say that Star Trek is overhated by a lot of people, just because it's not Star Wars. God, <laughs> yeah, it was one of those God. things, weren't it? Was like uh, you either like Star Wars or you either like Star Trek. You either like Lost or you either like Heroes. It was always those fights between lost. the two things. Heroes. Yeah, the fuck Anyone lost more than heroes? <laughs> me. Nine, lost is so much better. Is that those people that like lost of the lost, <laughs> lost is so much better. Fuck you. It's yeah. to move the animals. Without heroes, you wouldn't Shut have. Shut the fuck up. It's too, yeah. it's too, no, no, fuck you. It's probably because you you guys have too, like, small of a dumb, dumb brain to even stand lost. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the problem guys. is no one understood Lost. That's why everyone hates it. <laughs> and it I did. And it, I did. None of the fans even do. They just go, yeah. So I'll just read all of these theories online and be like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You don't understand it. Like heroes I had save the cheerleader, save the save world. It's simple as that. That's all you need. <laughs> and Jack, like it was one of the ways he died. No, this is us. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? This is us. <laughs> what that? This is us in 1.5. Wow, no. It'll turn into friends. <laughs> um, but yeah. Aaron. A time in the West. Aaron. Um, my number five. Um, now, you go to. Bond is probably Goldfinger, but my go-to is You Only Live Twice. Um, it is so underrated as a Bond film. It's so so good. Uh, this, I mean, I think it like partially because like I love Japan so much, and it's literally like Bond in Japan. Uh, soundtrack is also great for it. Nancy Sinatra in the start, um, but yeah, it's just. It's just such a great Bond film and it just captures like everything that you want in a Bond film and puts it on the screen. I, um, Blofeld is also great in it as well. Great villain. Mm. Great villain. Mm. Also, just on, just on a side note, you could probably cut it here, but Jamie, in, well, probably for the next couple of ones, could we please start the 50s one a little bit earlier? <laughs> it, like, I know we got work, but like, because like, usually like, the quarter past ten. I am knackered, but like, I'm... should we should we do it super speed for the last five? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about? Oh, obviously, I'll try and do it early, just when everybody's free. Depends with what yeah. it is. Oh, I, I, the reason it was because I was busy until this time. Yeah, yeah. I, I could do whenever. Like, well, next week I'm on late, so I'll finish at eight. I'm sure Aaron probably is as well. Mm. Down the street, but now and, you're, and he's at the but office, so he has to try. It always happens naturally, though, doesn't it? Where <laughs> yeah. we um we always speed up because 
we end up repeating towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. But um, I like how this comes from Kieran, who speaks the most about each of his films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking I'm at the fucking watch, like Kieran. No one cares I'm providing about content, Jamie. I'm providing content. <laughs> That's why you were saying his favourite because you literally talk about the film and you just go, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're um, telling me about every character. I'm like, Dustin Hoffman, a <laughs> <cowboy>. <laughs> It's the tree in the background in the second scene that really sets the mood. <laughs> <laughs> but now, going back to what uh, Aaron's like, I, I, I love how they choose the black and white. <laughs> the Kioscoro <laughs> lighting. <laughs> <laughs> the shivers down your spine. But um but no, Doc um I f- your James Bond is something that I could never really like get into. Like I don't even especially the old ones, it's just they're not really my thing. And I and I hear a lot of people talking about them on the same cinematic scale as Nolan films or epics of today and like even Avengers I've heard it but like I don't know I just could never get into them I don't know what it is about them I think it's because they're so like in the same way that I feel like every superhero film is the same story over and over again I feel like every James Bond film is the same story over and over again it it does like I think the originals on like the the Connery films like the Diamonds are Forever, like, that's trash. Uh, well, it's not trash, it's all right. But the first, like, four, like, from Russia with Love, if, like, just watch that film, like, it's, it's, there's not many gadgets in that film at all. It's just, like, Russian espionage. It's, it's such a great film. But yeah. each one of Connery's films offers you a little bit different. Um, okay. But it's in, like, that same sort of style. But... Later on, I think the Roger Moore films are just like so like it's it's like this same story, like you say, in just a different setting. And then I feel like even the newer ones now, I think Spectre. I, if we did a worst films like Everly, Spectre would be in my top top three. Like, oh, wow. like honestly, I hate it so much. Like I can't. It has, is it because like, Skyfall was so good? No, no. I think like the complaints for Bond for years is like the treatment in women for like uh, the early films, and yeah, it is a huge problem. But why bring that back, Inspector? Well, like it's it was like released in like 2018 or whatever. Like why two, is he beating a woman? Like two <laughs> things. Two things I hate is Spectre has one of the worst car chase scenes of all time. Like mm-hmm. literally, like with but you not, know what I'm talking about. It's not even a car chase. It's just no, no. I know. Yeah, know the first scene Inspector is all right, and then the rest. I the can't remember anything about Spectre. There's a train scene. I remember, yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember the the train scene. Not gonna lie, the train fight was pretty good, mm. and didn't have the Guinness Book of World Record for the biggest explosion in a film. Yeah, something like that. There's a one shot at the start which is good. Um, oh, oh yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. That's but um, the whole like, I, I hate it. Some I was so annoyed because uh, it's. I was so happy when Phoebe Waller-Bridge like got put on to help out with the new Bond, and they were starting to look like the, what you was hearing about like what they was going to do with it. Like uh, they brought in her from Captain Marvel to take over as Bond. Like that was like the what, what everyone was saying, and like it was Daniel Craig's like swan song. Like he was, this was going to be it for him. It's going to be passed over to this woman who's in Captain Marvel. But then, like, watching the trailer now, I'm, I'm so worried because, like, Christopher Waltz is in it and they brought the girl back from Spectre and it's just like, why are you following on from that? 
Yeah. The problem is with like the new ones is like literally like they had they had a good story in Casino Royale. The half like followed it with um, Quantum Solace was just Quantum meh. One of I thought, I thought so it was all right. I did hate it. I hate Quantum Solace. So. But then, but then Skyfall is like a completely different story to the other two. And then yeah. Spectre brings up like Spectre is like Skyfall didn't even happen. It's so weird. Like who made think, these decisions? I think it's like I don't know. I just I feel like they're pretty lost with what to do with James Bond because mm. there's not like like. I feel it's like it's going to be a woman or it's going to be a black man in there. That's the only way it's going to be different. But the thing it's is, it's going to be a woman. I don't mind that. The thing is, I don't mind that. No, I really I don't. I, I actually, I support it. But one thing I don't want is then to shove down my throat that it's a woman or shove down my yeah. throat. Yeah, like, like they, they need someone. Yeah, like, like, they need, like I don't it, mind uh, that. Give it John Washington just from watching Tenet. Like, yeah, I think it, it'll be ooh, really good. Interesting. Idris, Idris Elba. I don't think he's going to play. I'm just going to say too old. Top it's ten just... people to play Bond. <laughs> Our Pats was a, had a much better performance than John Washington. That's. Do you say Robin Patterson? That's why he's Batman. Yeah. yeah Speaking exactly. of Batman, they've just announced that they're doing like two other prequel spin-offs on HBO Max. Mm. Also, right? Is anyone seeing that uh, Netflix film? Oh my god. What the- Jamie, oh, you'll so- love this film. It's literally an Ari Aster like knockoff, mate. I watched literally yeah, twenty minutes in. The Devil or the Way or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've- way weirder than the Tom Holland was. That. Yeah. yeah, it's so yeah, weird. I gotta say, I've heard so many people say mixed things. Like every Ari Aster film, it's like it's either really good, you're gonna love it, or it's just like really too weird. It shit. Yeah, but I did. I did not think this was gonna be like an Ari Aster film at all. Like from the I trailer, it just looks like. I don't uh, think it looks like it. Um, I don't just, think Tom Holland is a lead actor. No, I, think, I, don't, I don't. I think he's Spider-Man. He's Nathan Drake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but have you seen it? Sully's not even got a moustache. It's Mark yeah. Wahlberg, that's why. Um, what? Yeah, Wait, yeah. no so, way. Matt Wahlberg Mark is Wahlberg. young Sully. Yeah. I'm not watching this film. Fuck it. You know what I say about Tom Holland, right? He's like Mark Hamill, great, great actor. One of the best voice actors of all time that people don't realise. Um, but um, he got typecasted, so why can't Tom Holland? Like, if you pick to be Spider-Man like that, like, and then you want to do this like weird, weird film, like, you just it just doesn't feel right. You just see. Did, did Sony produce this film by any chance? I don't know. I don't know because Rob I have Patterson a feeling that really so, that he just gets chucked in any film that Sony can't cast anyone. Tom, mm. you're our man. Get in there. Yeah. 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 Because that's what's yeah. happened with that. He's probably just like signed like, a fucking deal, like <laughs> signed his life away to Sony. Like he's, he's literally just probably, like, Sony's like little fuck boy. Every oh, week, like they disguise. just send him in a PlayStation. Like here's the PS5, Tom. Be in this new movie. After the if you, if film, you, if you if you do well, we'll go to McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's some black paint. Hey, let's it's do Miles like Morales. Two years ago, no. <laughs> uh, my number four is a Pulaski movie. I almost wrote Roman Pulaski then. Roman Pulaski, wow. Rosemary's Baby. So tell me about this film, because I don't know anything about it, but I've heard it's rajed. Yeah, you know, it's rajed, as in, like, it's cursed, apparently. I mean, this is oh. the film that he was filming when his wife was murdered back home. 
Oh, yeah. I know he's so obviously he was married to Sharon T, and obviously she was murdered by the Manson family while she was pregnant. This is the film that he was doing at the time. And apparently there's loads of, like, um, on-set, like, curses and shit. I feel like stuff kept falling or bad stuff was happening to uh, the cast and stuff. Um, but... Brad Pitt was, like, taking his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, while the murder was going on. But, um, yeah, Rosemary's Baby, it's basically Mia Farrow um, and her husband move into this new apartment building because somebody just recently died there. And they want to basically start a family. Um, so they get pregnant. And then she starts having like, this weird pregnancy, um, basically. Um, that's skipping forward a little bit. But basically, she's got a few neighbours next door and they're kind of a bit weird and quite, like... Like, hello, dear, and like quite old, and they want to be like friends with her and stuff like that. And basically, uh, one night she gets drugged and she's having weird like dreams and stuff. And then it's, it's got the, uh, the iconic line of, This is not a dream, this is really happening. And it's basically the reviews are all very good. I just yeah. don't know if I've ever want to see it. Like... Um, yeah, and then that happens, and then like I said, she gets pregnant, and then weird stuff's happening. She's losing loads of weight. Uh, these people are giving her loads of like drinks and food and stuff, and else she's losing weight, and the pregnancy's going a bit weird. And then obviously, she starts figuring out that some stuff isn't right as it should be. And the whole film's obviously trying to figure out what these people are and what they do and stuff, and it's got a weird. So it is a really good watch. It's a very good watch, but like I said, when I watched it, I was like, "This is like midsummer. This is like what the Rosemary's Baby. This is like midsummer fifty years ago." All right, watch The Wicker Man, mate. Honestly, don't watch The Wicker Man. What the Nicholas Cage? No, no, the original. The original. It's just mid. It's midsummer. But yeah, it, Rosemary's Baby, it's one of those for that. It reminded me a lot of Midsummer, uh, watching parts of it. All right, well, then I, I, I'd be interested now because I just find Midsummer interesting. I, I don't it. like horror or like think, gore. Yeah, uh, it's not horror it's... or gory at any point. Um, like yeah. There's not a lot of blood or like chopping up pieces or anything like that. It's just psychological yeah. kind of horror, which a lot of Midsummer is, besides obviously the whole cliff. Yeah, scene yeah, that's weird. But, um... uh, but Midsummer is. Brilliant, but I love Florence Pugh, so I mean, she can do yeah, anything. I watch it, yeah. I'd watch her, <laughs> and she's dating that sounds Brad. very stalkery. I'd watch it like she's she's like been dating Zach Braff for like the past year, yeah, yeah, she's mental. Oh, that, but, film, uh, you know, that fighting with my family, I watched that, that's rubbish. That you know, like, why did that even get what? I thought that was really good. I am, no. and I do not like wrestling. Like the decade. Yeah, I I I, I forget Sarah and then I watched that and I was yeah. like, yeah, wrestling is rubbish. Sarah Ronan and Florence Pugh. <laughs> Not that she's bad. No, I, I mean, mean they're in this, a film together by any chance. Yeah, Little Women. Yeah, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Then. Then you've got you've got you've got Sarah Ronan and Florence Pugh, Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, uh, just yeah. number four. Uh, just before I move on to number four. Can I make the point where mm. I find it hard to like look at rev- like reviews of older films, like say mm. like the sixties and that, because like, all right, say Rosemary's Baby, the reviews are very good for it. I've not seen it, so I can't comment. But do you not feel like every film you look at, like from the sixties, is always really highly rated or yeah. really crap rated because? 
They don't... Only a few people have seen them, though. I, I yeah, exactly. So only a few people have gone back, given the Rotten Tomato scores. And to be honest, if they like the film, they're probably going to give it a massive plus. Yeah. Because all but... the younger people are obviously going back to rate it. All like the 78 year olds that were like watched it when they were that age. So I feel don't like know how to go on IMDb and create an account and do it. <laughs> either it's an absolutely disgustingly bad film, or it's like the best film in history when it compared to a film in the 80s or 70s might not be that good there could be so many films still out there which have not been watched properly which could be like one of my favorite films ever i said yeah. you've, you've got all the william castle horror films that i still well, need to watch it's, it's I was weird saying, oh, okay. I, I was saying to my dad like last week i was like when you used to go to the cinema like what did you do like to watch the film again and he was like well you just have to like wait for it to on tv and i was like well what if you don't go on tv and he's like, you just didn't watch it. And it's, you don't think that's mind-blowing? <laughs> yeah. like, so weird, we, we can it? just have access to, like, every film now. Four months watch. after the cinema. But, like, there have been, like, films that, like, no one's Four seen. months? More like four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, if you get a proper rip, not, like, a cam rip. But, yeah. Not them cam things. <laughs> so, like, cams. Yeah, I know you, you mean, know. like, with the reviews, like, who's gone back and, like, so just for example here, Kevin and Perry go large. Oh my god. <laughs> Six on the Rotten Tomato. Six people have given it a zero. It's uh, obviously that means negative reviews. Mm. It's got a zero. Audience score, 10,000. It's at 70%. Yeah. Who's it... giving it that zero on Rotten Tomato? Real people that like films. Hmm. <laughs> Fuck you. Kevin and Perry is a fucking masterpiece, though. Isn't it? That, is that the <laughs> film where like. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't not watch that film and just piss yourself. Like it's so bad. It's Literally, good. it's my dad's favorite film. It's my dad's favorite film. Well, I saw that guy uh, watching Blur. It's that and Point Break. <laughs> Probably the remake. <laughs> I can't believe that people think Catherine Bigelow is a good uh, director. What? I still need to see the Hurt Locker. Catherine Bigelow is a great director. Yeah, what else has she done other than Hurt Locker? Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, Dark oh she's 30. done. She's zero just Dark married 30. to someone famous. I thought... Oh, okay. hey, We're not going to Didn't she do something quite big in the 90s? Point Break. Point Break. Oh, that yeah, Point that, Break, that. yeah. Yes, she's also that, done like awful films. Oh, bye, Jamie. Yeah, literally. Um, I thought you meant the remake at that point. No, no, no not the remake, no. the real one. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's the, re- the, re- the remake. The real, real one. <laughs> Anthony the real there. make. Okay, so Red my number four that. is a film we've said before. It is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. <laughs> what an amazing soundtrack it's got. Like, you just listen to the tunes, and it's just like... I, I knew the songs before I'd even seen the film because it was just so iconic of a... A film and you just I love the scenes in it like the end scene is just so like this is where I think the 60s stand out with like the moments like like that you like you probably saw them as a youngster in the Simpsons and thought oh that's a cool scene and then you see them when you watch the film and you're like yeah that there's a reason why they parried that because it was a good scene yeah. Like, obviously, I think that's the one scene, but, like, 
it's almost like a weird like like slavery thing you know where they're like well they're not slaves but like um they're basically owned by people am i am that's I, slavery that's literally you've seen the film am i am i forgetting there's the bit where like, they accidentally go to that prison yeah that's the bit that i'm yeah that's the oh, bit i'm talking about okay. yeah and they're like um well it's in the middle of the civil war is it not yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wearing like the wrong. They they steal the jackets to like get him like patched up, uh, yeah. and then they they're wearing like the wrong color jacket, uh, and they're like get took by the other the other side. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. Yeah. Mm. My my only issue with it is like st- I've it again. Uh, Clint Eastwood is the good, but is he the good? I don't think he's that good. <laughs> No, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, doesn't he, doesn't he murder people in that film? Or am I thinking a of lot of people? Yeah. I, no, I love like the, uh, the start. I love like the idea of him like just constantly getting like the same bounty for the same guy. It's so funny. Like, he literally like he gets a bounty for that guy, shoots the lasso when he's like being hung. Then like the bounty goes up by another thousand. Gets the bounty again, shoots the lasso, and keeps going round and round. Like it's just so funny. That's some uh, kind of like a thousand ways to die in the West kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I still, I still believe that like Westworld is just like every Western is in Westworld kind of thing. I just <laughs> like to picture that like they're all in the same universe kind of thing. And they all know of each other, but they just don't speak about each other when the film and stuff like that. Because they're robots. <laughs> but um, but nah, my number four is one that might surprise you guys, but it's Planet of the Apes. I love Planet of the Apes, and I really love the tr- new trilogy, not the Tim yeah. Burton, but like the, like the new one, and like I probably rate it better but like the original planet of the apes is just a massive i, I think the i would enjoy it a lot more if i didn't know the spoiler yeah, yeah. it's one of the most yeah. spoiled endings ever like it's literally parodying you, everything you yeah you literally i had i was fortunate enough to watch that film where i didn't know what the spoiler was at the end because i watched it when i was like when i was like in my adolescence and literally i was like like literally, if you don't know the ending of that film and it just gets put on you like that, you are blown away because that's the last thing you're thinking of. Yeah. And I'm I, probably I, the same with Jared. Like we watched Simpsons, and then when we had that Planet of the Apes musical, it was like, oh, we know the ending now. Thanks, Simpsons, you've ruined the film for us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think like it's a really well done. I really like the story as well, and I like the whole like the fact that he can't speak and then he's. Like, you know, such a quotable line, like, get your stick yes. and pause off me, you, you damn oh, dirty. Eh? In the I've t- never actually seen, um, <laughs> you I damn dirty it. human. Yeah, in, get <laughs> your hands off me, you damn dirty human. I've never seen okay, Planet well. of the Apes, the originals. I like the remakes, and I've never actually seen the Matt Warburg as well. They're not really remakes, because I think the prequels, yeah. the prequels think- have hardly took over. I th- I think it's like are they they're not in the same universe like they're different. Yeah, enough. I mean Caesar is thingy's like like granddad or dad, isn't he? Yeah, Basically, Caesar was the one that. Took yeah, Caesar's over. like the god. 
So yeah, are you telling me that... Um, listen, the, the, so War for the Planet of the Apes <gasps> oh, is yeah, a prequel to Planet of the Apes. Oh, so what the heck? Oh, that's so, like, meta. Fair Yeah. Aaron, what is your number four? My number four is Paul Newman in Kulang Luke. I thought you didn't like it. No, I love Kulang Luke. Which one that you watched and you uh, hated? Uh, Bullet. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, wow, Kulan Luke, it is, it's Rocky, but before Rocky, it's like, literally, like, you get hit, you go down, you get back up, um, gonna keep it's, it's the best, probably, or the second best prison film I've ever seen, it, oh, it's so, so good, and it, the ending, it, it's just, it's horrible to watch, um, not in, like, a sad way, but it's just like you you just follow this character and it's like um trying to compare it to a film I watched recently. You know like when you watch Uncut Gems, is everyone saying Uncut Gems? And um, you're like and you're like, why are you making these decisions? Like why are you doing this like all the way through? But like you're fully invested in the decisions he makes. And it's that's like the same with like Cool on Leap, I feel like, and it's just such a like does cool hand luke awesome. give you a headache as well well it's <laughs> like a, there's a point where it's just like because he escapes from prison three times in the film it's just like why are you coming back why are you yeah. back? <laughs> like literally <laughs> it's like it just proves that they need to be in prison more if you've gone yeah. once and then you go and then you haven't been caught again then fair enough but if you go you're not you're not that good at escaping are you yeah, well, just like that to try and do it again. <laughs> the the whole meaning behind it is just it's so amazing, and like I say, it it, it is Rocky. It's just like uh, they the, all the prisoners like adore <laughs> this guy because like he's they, the guards can't beat him. No one can beat this guy because he'll always get back from what he what's happened to him, what's thrown at him. Hmm. But yeah, Actually, really I need to watch that. I, I haven't watched Cool Hand Luke. I'll probably have to watch it. No, I want to see it. I've just never gone on to it. It's all, it is like Shawshank, but I'd say it's better though. And there's a scene where he eats fifty eggs. Yummy. Oh, nice. That, oh, imagine what that was doing. Hopefully, do. in the shell. No. Yeah. He makes that has to be in the shell. He makes a bet, like he he's saying, like, oh, I can eat fifty eggs, and everyone's like, No, you can't. No one can eat fifty eggs. And it's just like literally like a 20, 30 minute scene of him eating 50 eggs. And he's just so great. Wow. <laughs> 20, 30 minute scene. Honestly, it's like the biggest thing in, in the, put in one the, point in the movie. Um, I've been just like eating eggs. And there's, like there's people like forcing eggs down him. It's all good. Mad. There's cracking eggs on his head. Like, <laughs> yeah, legit. Because he has like an hour to eat them. So like the last like, like 15 minutes of the hour. Like you're just watching in like real time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, top three. Here we go. It's a film that I'm pretty the sure big boys. you have ever heard of. It's Peeping Tom. I've heard of it. Um, because you've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it's um. I had to study it in film studies at college, and I just absolutely fell in love with the film. Um. It's one of the first ever films. It came out in the same year as Psycho, 1960. 
Um, it's by Michael Pol- Michael Powell. It's a British movie. So Cycle came out in America. Peeping Tom came out in Britain. Peeping Tom got so lated to shit. Like, why is this film been released? It's glorifying murder kind of thing. And basically got banned and ruined this guy's career. And then many years later, he realised, oh my God, this film was actually amazing. <laughs> um, but because it was British, like I said, it just got completely slated. But basically, it's just a guy with a camera and goes around killing people. And it shows you from the camera lens. And mm. um, it's one of like, um, it got banned because of that, because it was glorifying, obviously, murder. And you being the murderer at the time as well, because you were in a perspective. It's um, it's like a perverse set of way um, of obviously the way it's shot. I'm trying to think what it's now. It's like scopophilic or something like that, isn't it? Is that the word it's called? It's like, it's like, it's like voyeurism and stuff like that. In, in oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously it's you being obviously that's why it's called Peeping Tom as well because you're like going into this guy's like life and you're viewing it, him murder these people. Does it kind of give off rear window vibes? I still haven't seen rear window. Well, Disturbia. like Disturbia. Disturbia. Very Disturbia. underrated film. It very is a very underrated film. But very it's underrated. Rear window, isn't it, though? <laughs> rear window's great, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll be watching it next week, probably. Um, but yeah, like I might watch the I might watch Disturbia tonight. Thank you, Aaron. Right. Thank you for it's mentioning that. Uh, it's a really good film. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I, was, I, was, I really enjoy Peeping Tom. It's uh, one of my probably best British movies ever made. I I, I love it, and like I said. It's so underrated as well and so unheard of because it, like you know, I said, it got cancelled and deleted basically from history and then came back and it's now getting the appreciation that it should have got. Uh, but I mm. think it came out the same year as Psycho. It was never going to beat that, but it's a very good film, Peeping Tom. Um, I want to go on a quick tangent very quickly. Um, is it's anyone not quick. Se- <laughs> has anyone <laughs> seen uh, The Phantom Thread? Yes. Yes, I watched yeah. it. See, I, worst I, I watched the list. I, uh, yeah, I would say it's up there. <laughs> but I watched it when I was on holiday. It went to a place just... near me. <laughs> no, no, I, went, I watched Robin this when I, <laughs> I watched this when I was on holiday. And it was just like, like on in the hotel over right there. And uh, like, I put it on like, and no interest in it. I, I did a quick Google in it. Um, and no interest in what it was about. And like I said about um, All the President's Men, I was just like watching it. I was like, "Wow, this film's amazing!" I loved it. Like, and then I ended up buying it and watching it like on Blu-ray. And just, I thought it was like one of the best shot films ever. Like, looking films, and it's in the Blackpool Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like special about it. But then I watched this thing on YouTube last night. Didn't have a cinematographer. Um, and it's like there's a, a a great video. I'll send the link in a minute. Yeah, it was basically, um, no cinematographer. <laughs> 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 Trash. The, the, di- the director like always used like the same cinematographer. It's Paul uh, Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was doing another film, the cinematographer, and it was all booked in to film. Uh, and he was even booked to do the cinematography. But he just thought he'd do it himself. himself. Yeah. No, like, no one did it. He just like he was like, let's he just realized, go for he, it. He, he, it. Like, he just realised that you don't need a cinematographer. That's what this video that's what this video is about. It's saying that like you can just like do cinematography based on style on other films. If you love film that much, you can just like do shot for shot from like copying other films. And that's what, kind it, of what he did. I guess it, it I said think, it says on IMDb that. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson did the cinematography, but it was uncredited. 
as a cinematographer, mm. but it's probably because he's a director. I, I think as a director, you can be the cinematographer. I think oh, yeah. with your film, with your view. like, let's mm. be honest, Nolan's got his direction for Tenant and that. It's mm. just, he has someone else to do that job because his job is to direct the actors. So yeah. he just gets someone else to envision, but it still is in, it's, it's still his envision. If it doesn't look like what he thinks he's going to look like, he'd be like, nah, can we change that? Yeah. But um, I don't think you need a cinematographer. You just do it because it's like you're in charge of directing the actors. Mm-hmm. It's like well, a yeah, assistant right. manager. Assistant manager. <laughs> you don't need them, but you assistant might have Assistant to the yeah. regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> assistant to the regional There was my Phantom Fred. I'm surprised no one likes that. I really liked it. Uh, oh, it didn't I make any sense. Well, why well, why did shot, he enjoy but... getting poisoned? Yeah, I mean, I think he was just like a really like bitter guy, and like he was gonna have like no enjoyment out of his life. Like Daniel Day Lewis in real life. The, the Tower Ballroom <laughs> scene <laughs> is, <laughs> is really good though. But yeah, Jared, top three. Top three. Top three. <laughs> Jungle Book. <laughs> oh my bam, god. Bam, bam, bam. Because again, I said it was number three. I oh shit! I said it was number three, didn't I? You said number two. I said number two. Number two. (laughs) Number two. I thought I was. No, no. The reason I put it so high. Wow, we are talking about films like A Space Odyssey, Good to Bad Locally. These are some of the best films of all time. But it's my list, and I enjoy the Jungle Book. It is your list. You go for it, mate. I love it. Anyone says otherwise. Every single week when we listen to this, it's like, uh, these are really good films, but you know, it's my list and I love this. (laughs) And this is going to be number one. It's because everyone's got that nostalgia to a Disney film, and I've got one for each era. So, (laughs) (laughs) you. (laughs) For the 50s, every film is a nostalgia film. No, um, but yeah, The Jungle Book, like, it's got iconic songs. Like, I just do, like, just everything about the film is a good story. It's being remade so many times because it is a good story. The animation is brilliant. I love the hand-drawn Disney thing. I think we've missed that now. I understand why they would do it because it takes fucking ages and loads of money. But, you know what I mean? I'd rather watch a Jungle Book a hundred times if I have to watch Wreck-It Ralph 2 again. <laughs> Jungle Book was like one of the last uh, the last like great Disney films for a while because I think like Walt concentrated on the parks a lot more after he did like Jungle Book and like the next couple of yeah, films. Yeah, there like, is like a massive dip in quality. Yeah, from like the 70s, it's not that great. Uh, there is some like hidden gems there, but then like when it, it picks up when you get Boy, to Timber... That, that's what no, no one talks about Tim Burton about it. Tim Burton being on like the he was on the team that did like films like Little Mermaid and that um, but yeah that's when it really came back but yeah Jungle Book's amazing though well the reason I put it on my list so high is because like obviously like I said Lion King and um, Toy Story were always my kids films that I, I loved re-watching I never looked at Jungle Book and thought, wow, that's a 60s film. It didn't feel mm. like a 60s. It just feels yeah. like it could have been made last year, really. There's only a mm. little little bits about it that you're like, maybe the audio is a little off. Mm. But yeah. 
it's crazy to think that film is um what is it it'll be almost what is it uh 50 years now is it jungle book will be a while let's let's have a look that's what i was saying about rosemary oh fuck's sake i saw that disney in the background that's when i was still unopened it is it's like 63 Uh, in it 67 so it is 50 years old now yeah it's 53 that's crazy. So Every think, film from the sixties is fifty years old. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I meant. So this this film like is a fifty years old animation, and I can't tell the difference between that and the Lion King. Also with Disney as well, like they didn't do like I know Ghibli do it, but uh, it's only in the dubs. Like they don't do it on the original versions. But um, animations now they just put like the biggest actors in it, uh, just so you'd be like it probably sells like the movie more but Disney never really does this is uh, my issue that. so like um, on the, the, while it was like, a good they film like Dwayne Johnson from Moana but then everyone else is unknown yeah yeah but like before but, them though yeah. like you're talking like 20 years ago in the Disney films like I know you had like James Earl Jones it's a big cast for uh, right, like, like Jeremy Irons and Rowan Atkins yeah. and, and Robin Williams and that but prior to that though I can't think of any like big actor that's been in like the Disney films like before Aladdin and Lion King. You know what? I, I can't confirm, but I bet if we look at the Jungle Book cast, I bet that you're looking now that... by Marlon Brando, Paul Newman. <laughs> this is the thing. I bet you're the famous actors just for the time. Yeah. Oh, um, he's famous, isn't he? He's famous. Isn't he? <laughs> he, he's famous. He's definitely famous. Don't worry, right? Well, no. Well, I I know that um, the one who played you know King Louis, he was yeah. like a famous trumpeter. Like, uh, well, Louis Armstrong. No, he wasn't. He was Louis. He's called Armstrong. Louis Prima. But... <laughs> it's Louis. Oh Armstrong. yeah, Louis Prima. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, like maybe I, you'd, I don't know if these actors were big for Jungle yeah, Book, yeah. but um, but no, yeah, so cool, Jungle Book film. number yeah, three, film. Kieran. <laughs> 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 <That's Charles. laughs> it's Oliver. Uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's psycho. You got to pick a pocket or two. The worst part is, Oliver hasn't been said yet, which means it's Jabba's number two or one. No, it's not. <laughs> no, thank God. Is it not? <laughs> no. I've got You've got to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> Please, but, oh, I can't believe we went from psycho to Oliver. Jesus Christ, sort it out, guys. I won't speak a lot on it because I know that it's going to appear on somebody's list um, in the number one. Isn't it funny how we always just know like Jamie's top three films (laughs) every year? (laughs) None of you would have had Peeping Tom. (laughs) I would have. I I knew. I knew you mentioned Peeping Tom, but like, um, but now, like, literally, Psycho is just. It has to be up there. It's so fucking good, and I love it because. I was fortunate enough in the same way with Planet of the Apes that I didn't know that the main actress, I thought she was like in it for the whole film. But she dies like within like the first 20 minutes. Spoilers! Oh yeah, but like... Jesus. Oh, bloody hell. If you're spoiling a 50-year-old film, you shouldn't be alive. Mate, this is a 60-year-old film. This was 
Exactly. <laughs> if you're spoiling a 50-year-old thought. 60-year-old <laughs> <laughs> But literally, Psycho is just so good, and I love... Um, You've had enough bits. time to watch it. <laughs> exactly. Anthony Unless Perkins you're like four years old or something. Is amazing. Fair enough. I, I think of like... I always think of that scene where it's with the main actress and um, Norman Bates, and they're talking like in like, um, yeah, and they talk about his mother and stuff like that, and like it's just so good, and yeah, I, I guarantee Jamie's got a lot more to talk about it than me, but it is just an incredible film, and it deserves number three spot. Left field, <laughs> Jamie's not put it on his lifts, and you you've just missed the opportunity to speak. Literally. About it. That guy's like not been in no. anything though, has he? Anthony Perkins, yeah, yeah, he was in a. No, but I think I think that's what makes him more. Te- express and oh yes, I've seen that film. I think that's what makes him kind of more terrifying in a way that he's not like a big actor. Like, you know, the, yeah. best thing, the best thing I love about it as well, his son. His son did the documentary uh, not so long ago about Psycho that um, uh, fifty-eight seventy-two, whatever it was, I can't remember now. Um, yeah, fifty-eight seventy-two. Yeah. His son is you have some legally blonde. Yeah. 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 With you know, the, the weird tall guy. Reese like, Wiz, Wizard Spoon. Yeah. You know, you know the big Wizard Spoon. Yeah. Wizard Spoon. Where's the Yeah. I don't know why I'm Where's doing that. Where's the rum? Where's the rum? I don't know why I'm doing that. Reese Wizard Spoon. It's my favorite impression you can do. <laughs> Wait, Eric, can you do it for us? Where's the rum? <laughs> <laughs> Basically in the womb, like where's the rum? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, in Legally Blonde, you know, like the weird guy, the really tall guy. He's like basically. He's I think so. That's his son. <laughs> oh, I just oh. Yeah, I'm gonna jar it. Gonna... <laughs> <And laughs> completely left it. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah. Um... But yeah, Psycho is number three for me. Yeah, cool. On to a number. On to Aaron. Not a number. Uh, my number three is You're Only Supposed to Blow the Bloody Doors Off. It's the oh, Italian job. Oh, it's so good. It's. Is that why it's called a cliffhanger? <laughs> 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 uh, the cliffhanger. <laughs> Nori is so good though. Um, I mean, that's probably why Nolan casts him in every film <laughs> because of this film. Some people just watch the world, Ben. <laughs> Do you actually not like Italian Job though? I like Italian Job. I prefer I like... the remake. Uh, no, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't like the film, the original, I because it. I don't like the remake. I haven't seen it. It's like, just, it. It taints the film. This, my, this pick, this pick, and my number one pick, right? Over these last like couple of weeks, all these films, I mean, like such serious dramas. But like, I just, it's just fun, the Italian job. Um, just give you what you want. And like, imagine watching it back then where you just, um, like, all, pretty much all these films, other than like, obviously, like their kids' films. They're very serious in that, where you just have a great time watching an Italian job. The Benny Hill stuff, oh, is it Benny Hill? The comedian dude who's in it, he's a bit weird in it, but the rest of it's great. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
But yeah, love it. Love it. And there's a cliffhanger at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on to number two before I do, I really wanted to watch um, Whatever Happens to Baby Jane. I, I really wanted to watch that film. I think that film would have made my list if I watched it. But, uh, Mike but too you fucking bad. It, so it you're doing really bad, so um, go for yeah. it. So I couldn't watch it. But I mean, it, it's a nice little segue on to number two. So I was like, I couldn't watch it today. So you know what? I'm just going to stick this on instead. And it is... Oh, no. Fuck West Side Story. Oh, it's West Side Story. What a oh, God. I didn't actually know this one was going to make, like... Da, 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 da. It's the best musical of, like, all time. No. Ooh, no. It's the oh, best talking about best score. The best score. Like, literally. I, can't I honestly can't name sure. a song from that. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you what it's song. about. And I can't I've name seen a song. Romeo and Juliet. I can't yeah. name a song. When I read the Shakespearean play, Romeo and Juliet, I'm not <laughs> thinking of songs. Like. <laughs> no, like literally. So the way this film is shot is beautiful. Like it's basically, they, they co-directed it. They had two directors, a film director and the actual production from the Broadway director as well. And they both directed this film and it looks beautiful, like how it's supposed to be on stage. Like you can tell it's like a stage production by watching it. Uh, you, like the actors like leave like through doors, like in between scenes and stuff like that. that Sounds a lot like Rent. I love Rent as well. I fucking love Rent. I think West Side Story copied Rent. <laughs> wow. Like 50 years. <laughs> you watch you watch West Side Story and you realise just like everyone's got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> oh, wow. Literally, like a student accommodation. Steven Spielberg's got the remake coming. But so, yeah, West Side Story. Anyway, I mean, you say you can't name any of the songs. I mean, literally, I can't name any of the songs. songs. I, I can't, can't name honestly. Any. I've seen it, but I just hated it. It was just like, when did you watch? I it? I didn't get the buzz. <laughs> I think, it's cause, I think because I, I didn't Jared understand the like, because I thought it was like a show. Do you know what I mean? It is. I probably would watch it. There's an intermission halfway through. I probably prefer it now, but like I just didn't get it. Like, why is it a film if it's like a show? It's a state. Why, why put Hamilton on Disney Plus? Exactly. Why put <laughs> Hamilton on Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's literally the stage show, but like, it's just basically it's, it's the film. That's basically based off the, the stage play, which is obviously based off Roman Juliet. Now, uh, Natalie Wood was amazing as well. Um, America, how does not anyone know America? I want okay, America. I'm not. Oh, yeah. This is such no, a, like, a borderline, like. I like to be in America. I like to be in America. But yeah, uh, Maria, what a great song as well. And something's coming, which is one of my favourite songs. What's the Maria? Everyone wants to be Maria. like Maria. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always get mixed up with Fame. Is that the same movie? No, Fame, fame. is all about fame. New York high school students. That's now I, fame. I know. Fame, Fame has better songs than West Side Story. Oh, it? Yes, it does. <laughs> At least I actually know the fucking songs. But um, oh. yeah, West Side Story is one of my favourite musicals. Uh, I watched it today as well, um, just to like see if I actually did still like love it. Never seen it. And I was like, yeah, definitely going to put it up there. Uh, I loved it. 
like I said, the way it's shot and the way it's portrayed on the screen, like I love all. Does it feel like, old? Yeah. But it's in colour, really, which a lot I of really films are. Oh. Um, but it's very colourful and, um, like I said, I love the overture when it started. It's proper, like, a musical. Like, you just have the overture and it's just, like, coming up with, like, obviously, West Side Story slowly. And all of a sudden it just starts going in and, like, the opening scene is incredible. The fight scene between the Jets and the Sharks. The way, the, like, it's all dance choreography fight scenes, which are all unbelievable. Uh, I don't know whether because I'm a performer. Um, I enjoy it a little bit more, so obviously it's like I'd love. That's what my girlfriend kind of says as well. I'm a performer. It's like, as, as a performer, I get called a performer. Yeah, it's like as a performer, like it's. I've seen your stuff, Aaron. I've seen your stuff. I've seen your stuff, Aaron. You know, you know. I really want to see Cats, you know. But Cats. I actually really want to. I really want to watch it. Like the new film. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's one of the films that is like so hard to watch. Like how to find it's like so under the radar. You have to go on the black web to find it. The buzz it's the not the dark web. There's a few to the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the black web. What was that Irish thing? <laughs> you don't know the black web. <laughs> but yes, Jared. Number two. Number two. What's missed out on top? Spot? All right. Well, I feel like if anyone else has got this at number one or number two, fair play because I, I don't think you will. This is, see, you were probably all mocking me like, oh, your films are so common. This oh, one ain't common. It's Kez. Absolutely love Kez. Absolutely love Kez. I've never seen it. Jared Billy Elliot. Well, it's, uh, yeah, like, I love just films where they're just, like, proper, like, British life. Like, you know what I mean? This dude is, like, scruffy clubs. You know what I mean? Does this... Have you, any of you actually seen Kaz? No. I haven't seen a, it. There's a guy at my work, when I told him about my... Well, HMV, Gavin, Jamie, when I told him about these 70s and 60s films, he's like, Kaz, Kaz, Kaz is the best. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It's brilliant. Looks like, like, looks like Billy Elliot. <laughs> but Billy Elliot is amazing. Like, I'd love for you to watch the film, but if you don't want to watch a film, even if you're not into football, there's just this football scene. Like, it's like a proper, like, P lesson. And it's just like, right, we're Manchester United. Who are you going to be? And they're going to be in Tottenham, I think, or something like that. Would you say it's kind of like this is yeah. England, but without the racism? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say. Well, it's just, like, proper, like, old... It's just a good look back at, like, what old, old school British life culture. was like. Like, I can imagine my granddad being at school and it being like this. So like, the PE teacher's like, we're Manchester United, I'm, I'm Jackie Charlton. And then <laughs> he's in there, Tottenham. And like the PE teacher's playing, like he's like the best player on the team. And like, uh, he misses a penalty. He's like, you moved on the line. And it's just like, it's just a, it's just a good scene. We just like, yeah, I can, I can imagine that shit happening. Um... But obviously, there's the Kestrel, which is um, he builds a connection to, and I don't want to spoil the ending. But um, I just like films like Billy Elliot and Kez, where you just see what it's actually like for people in that era. Of legit, film. legit. I typed in Kez on YouTube, and like the third thing that came up was the football scene. Because it's such so. a, just a, a like you don't need to like look at. 
the rest of the film unless you want to. But that for me is like the scene where I'm like, that's just like such a, a light-hearted scene of just them playing football at a P lesson, just like sick. Is it like a disturb? Like, is it well not disturbing, but is it like a mature film? No, it's not a mature film. I think it's just um... what it's a you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I surprised. You when he's like that on the front. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm just like the I'm just surprised. At that. So he's he's just like quite a dim kid, and he doesn't really have anything about him. And he's like, they're like, what are you going to do like, with your future? And he's like, well, you just be down the you pits. You find out it's the story of uh, the Wetherspoons guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just, he doesn't care about anything in life. He just wants to, like, he just wants to just get on with his life and just, like, live it. And, like, just one of them people just, like, you know, fades away into the background and doesn't do anything. But you see, he's just got his kestrel and he loves this kestrel. What's a kestrel? Uh, it's just like a, a type of bird. Oh, right. but, um, his brother's just an absolute cock, and like, that's another type of bird. His brother just wants to like get on the piss and like, you know what I mean, like a typical like young adult. And he, his brother makes his life a hell, and you just see him, and you just like, you feel bad for him because he's dim, and he's just got nothing going for him. Mm. this makes me upset. Well, I'll, the I'll, end. The end will make you upset. <laughs> I want to watch hers now. I I would recommend it. It's just a good British film. And that's why it's his number two. Would recommend it. <laughs> I recommend my number one <laughs> as well. Um, it is the is it second. It is Kurosawa. It is uh Yo Jimbo, which is yeah, mate. has. Do you know Jimbo? It's such an old joke. Oh my god! Um, I used to get called Jim at like HMV. It fucking pissed me off. It's like my name's Jamie. How are you calling me Jim? Oh, you know, and you need to watch your Jimbo now. <laughs> but like, literally, it has one of the coolest antiheroes in any film. It inspired. It's the antihero that inspired um, Han Solo. So basically, Yojimbo is um, about a samurai called Tanjiro, which is the sequel to it. And he comes to, um, he goes to a town that is split between two rival gangs. And And literally, he is just so badass. You want one-liners, like really cool one-liners. It's just sick. It's just the way he like maneuvers. Like there's this one scene where one of the gamblers is like, try and kill me if you can. And literally, um, he's just like fiddling with his thumbs and it's like, it'll hurt. And it's just, oh, it's just the way he says it. It's just so fucking cool. And it's just an incredibly shot film. Like there is literally like one scene where, I don't want to spoil it, but he's not like a kind of samurai. He's like, he's not like a protector. He's doing it for money. He's like, okay, which rival gang is going to pay? And I love the first half of this film because it really debates, like, it puts you on as like, you actually don't know which side he's going to go for. There's an obvious good side and bad side, but you don't know which one. And there's one scene in it, like, where the rival gangs are facing each other and um, he's just like, oh, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's fine. Here's your money back. And he literally just goes up a platform and just watches them, like, try and fight each other. 
<laughs> just like literally like laughing and trying to get on with it. And there's one beautiful shot of like him up on a platform watching it and the two rival gangs just like taunting each other and stuff like that and him just having a good time. And it's just such a good character film. It's really amazing. It's really well shot, like like in a typical Kurosawa film. But I don't know, it's just you, Jim. But I think it's like one of his most underrated classics. It's just such an underrated film. And I think if you want to get into Kurosawa films, like that's almost like on the same level as Seven Samurai. And it has such an iconic shot of um, him just literally walking by like a but the burnt town and stuff like that, and like with a samurai sword and. It's just so, oh, so cool. He's such a cool character. But yeah, if you like, I was gonna say, you're talking about two, like um, everyone, every director talking about 2001: A Space Odyssey, as if they're like, you know, as like it's all favorite films. Every filmmaker says Akira Kurosawa is like the best filmmaker. You look at like how it's edited, and you can see a direct re- resemblance to Star Wars. There would not be Star Wars without Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Just the editing and the characters, and I'll talk about it in the next era, but Hidden Fortress is basically Star Wars. If there wasn't Hidden Fortress, like George Lucas said, Hidden Fortress is like the main inspiration for Star Wars in terms of the story. And and yeah, like, you know, just... Oh, you're Am just I wrong so in good. saying that? I find his film... I've, I've only really tried to watch Seven Samurai. But I find his film very like hard to be accessible because they're so long. Yo, it it Seven Samurai is longest. Oh no, I think Rand's longer. But literally, like you go into his samurai collection or stuff. A lot of his films are like an hour and a half, an hour and forty five. Oh your, really? Yo, Jimbo is like an hour and fifty. So like it's just Seven Samurai. It's just because he's so well known for Seven Samurai and Rand. Like those two are like his epics, and those two are like three hours long, like four hours long. So, but like, you know, when you go into his other stuff, like his, uh, like actual class stuff, like his samurai collection, his detective films, they're like two hours, an hour and a half. You very rarely find a film that's where it's like over two hours and a half or two hours and 15. But yeah, yeah it's so good. But yeah, would, if you haven't watched a Kira Kurosawa film, just watch them. Yeah. Even I, for the time, even for the time, they're so ahead of themselves. Like literally I so ahead. the one and I've watched Rashomon and that was really good. Yeah, you need to watch. Um, get yourselves on onto Akira Kurosawa. <laughs> Aaron, two. Uh, my number two. Um, it's I think it's probably my favourite western. Then it's uh, Butch Cassidy and the Son That Counts Kid. Um, I watched this for the first time a couple of days ago, and it's just a, a perfect, perfect uh, casting of these two. Um, Redford and Paul Newman like the acting between them and the dialogue that they have is absolutely unreal but um, it's not like um, it's not like uh, uh, all the other westerns really like they are essentially like bad guys in this but they are like Robin Banks and that but there is like a, a drama that's going on with this as well like it's kind of like a happy film there's a, an amazing scene where um, Burt Bacharach's did the soundtrack for it and he wrote raindrops keep falling on my head and there's just like a, the full song is played over this the, the case of this uh, one scene it's the girl from the graduate i can't think of the name but he, it's just paul newman like trying to impress her just like riding this bike um and it's just this epic story of these two 
like almost brothers and then going into the end shot which is he's perfect as well the only thing a little bit weirdness but it's a true story is that they're both like with the same girl but it's a true story so what can you do how a butch Cassidy is like it's such an iconic name. I don't know why. Like, I just hear it thrown around so much. Bus Cassie and the Sundance Kid. And yeah, I don't know. Well, like, I haven't got around about like a duo of people. Like, the yeah, big guys. And so they always get referenced. Like, which one's Butch Cassidy and which one's Sundance? Yeah, mm. like, your Sundance. Now, nah, mate, your Sundance. It's one of them like, where it's like they both should have won like the Oscar for that. They, they should have both got the Academy Award for that right, together. Uh, just because I think one of them did. I think uh, Redford. I think uh, no, Redford's never got one. Other than Paul Newman, only got one. Oh, then he did. Or, then or the so, oh, really? I thought he got one. Then no one. He never won got the best actor. He had seven awards for best actor, but never won. And then he finally won it for support for actor in Color of Money for his eighth time nominating. Wow. I looked into um, it after. Uh, the yeah, Robert Web- Redford's never won it, other than like the. They, you know that ward where they give it like um, oh, what is it? What where they dial the posts like basically like is that what you're talking about? Here's an award because you never won one. Yeah, it's uh, basically like, like thanks for everything you've done for films, but you still never won an award. Here, have have one. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'd I'd recommend Butch Cassidy and Some Dancer to like anyone. It's just like a really enjoyable film. I really want to give it another go because I, I just remember watching it when I wasn't in the mood. Mm. <laughs> It's you definitely like with films though, when you just watch a film and you're just not in the mood, and they yeah, yeah. new film you just it ruins the film. Mm, definitely. So we're on number one. Just before I do reveal my number one, do we have any duplicates? Is there any new films? Surely can't be much new films. There's one new Kez. film. My number one hasn't been mentioned. My number my one's not been mentioned. Mine has been mentioned. So we've got two new ones. So both of you could have the same film here. Mm. I don't. Oh, no, I don't think I'm. I i do not think it will be. I'm gutted that this film's not been mentioned. Uh, I'm gutted my film. film's not been mentioned. I'm so good because it literally is the film of the sixties. Got the same opinion. film. Definitely. Definitely. Well, okay, okay. This this will prove it. Aaron, is your film long? It is long. That's not my helpful. Film. A lot of films are bloody long. Well, when no. you talk about long, like me and Jared would say long is over two hours, like and a half. Long, like <laughs> two and a half hours in a long bloody like, film. Nah. Like, oh, it's like, longer oh. than two and a, it's a, longer than two and a half hours. This film, yeah. Mine, my, my, my. But I'll tell you what film it isn't. Lawrence Arabia, because that film's fucking shit, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it DR? <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> can we just get to my number one, Jamie? Can we just? Can I just go no, first, Jamie? Um, you, you want to go first? I'll go first because of what Aaron said. Can I go first, Jamie? Yeah, go on. Yeah. You know, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you like butt dance and the Sundance Kid. Well, how about you? Lawrence of Arabia is without doubt the sexiest, the most beautiful, the (laughs) most amazing film (laughs) ever. Lawrence of Arabia. Just to confirm, it's Lawrence of Arabia number one. (laughs) Fuck yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
it is so amazing. You know what? Blade Runner is overrated. Fuck you. But <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia is just so fucking good. I love it. I just can't. If you ever have a spare day, you might actually be able to watch it in that whole day. <laughs> well, maybe if I had a spare personality, you would like Blade Runner. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was hard. Aaron, Aaron you're an amazing person. Let's put that 1.5. It might make it a little bit better. <laughs> it's definitely like a five times speed. Okay. Yeah. Those are island. Walking through the desert, like, yeah. I love, I love the the dialogue is fucking incredible. Like the trick, Mister Potter is not minding that it hurts. Fucking incredible. So good. The act, okay, yeah, we can excuse Alex Alex Guinness kind of being in like one quarter blackface, but <laughs> like literally, do you know Alec Alec Guinness is in it, and they like dyed his face to make him look more Arabian. <laughs> and oh, it's, like, the Jesus. Weirdest, yeah, and it's like, but the oh, just the set pieces, the design, the editing. One of the best edits ever in film is in that film. Like I've never like seen this up. film because it's really long, but it a lot of my like my grandma and my mum have said this is like an all time film. You will you will get lost in it, okay. I know I know we can't all have like actually I'm not gonna say that joke because I've been too harsh to Aaron and I do really apologize, but <laughs> 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 But literally Lawrence of Arabia is just like the definition of chef's kiss. The definition is polished so well. You talk about a polished film. Lawrence of Arabia is that. Even when you say Lawrence of Arabia, it just screams like clean. Arabian night. Jamie, I was just going to say, like, top ten Arabian films. Straight out number one, Aladdin. Um, Now, my my thing with uh, Lawrence of Arabia, like, I've only, like, I think I watched it, like, when I was younger. Um, I I won't watch it again because it's not the length of the film. It's certain films. Alec Guinness almost does this. Um, I mean, Ian McKellen comes from the same uh, background as Anthony Hopkins, but they don't do it. But certain mm. actors, they're just stage actors, and Peter O'Toole is a stage actor in a film, and that's what winds me up so much. It's like. He's overacting every line he makes, and it really winds me up. Are you telling me when it? he's shouting "No prisoners," you can't see like the fucking anger but he's, in he's, his yeah, face? Yeah, but and... it's because he's like a state. He's like a Shakespearean actor. It, it's coming out so much, like, and it just puts me. Oh, I remember seeing it being like I felt like I was watching like a really like exaggerated play. Um. And really, like, like I said, like I said, there, there are people that come from that background, like even Kenneth Branagh, like he, he can overact, overact, um, certain ones do, and you can tell when they are stage actors, but I think you can you can just tell too much in but that I, film. I think with like that, it's like weird because that kind of dragged me in because of how much of an epic it was, like it didn't feel out of place, it didn't feel like it wasn't a part of the world that was. Lawrence of Arabia and I don't know I just don't I get what you're saying with overacting especially in some films and and I can understand it with Peter O'Toole but like I don't know it's just in that film I, I never thought it was like too much for what the film was trying to be if you know what I mean I felt mm. like it was just the right amount because of how grandest and like you know of of the film Lawrence of Arabia was 
so was Peter O'Toole and he kind of like matched that in a really authentic way in my opinion and I don't know I just get I just get chills whenever I think about that film like you know it, it was is... a 50-50 chance of like I was going to either say Lawrence of Arabia or Cleopatra and I was like nah surely not Cleopatra <laughs> we, me and Kieran talked about Cleopatra before we started because I was like, we're going to go for long films. I was like, I bet you Kieran's is Cleopatra. He's like, it's five hours I long. Like, I was like, oh, like, like maybe not then. I was like, should I say Cleopatra? I'm like, nah, it'll probably be Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia, I just fucking love it. I adore it. It's probably in my top five of all time. Lawrence of Arabia. I just, when, again, it's what a film can do as much as where I just say the name. And I understand and feel the film kind of thing. I don't know. It sounds weird, but it's just, I just get that with that film. It's just such an amazing film. Like one of the best films of all time, in my opinion. Sure. So we'll go back to me now. Um, me. Alfred me. <laughs> and it's Marnie. No, it's not. It's Sally. No, it's not. Oh no, it's, uh, yeah, I was going to say, no, it's not. You pull that trick too many That's times. Manny. I, I just love how Kieran's fake. He's like, I don't know if he's being serious or not, but I don't want to say but, it. Like, no, he's better again. But then Vietnam flashbacks come in like, <laughs> oh, he's done this before. Smash um, the film. It's psycho. Like, it's it's my awesome. one of my fa- favourite films of all time. It's my third favourite film of all time, behind Scream and Back to the Future. It's the granddaddy of the slasher movie. It's Daddy. It's <laughs> sorry. Also, by the way, by the way, just to make Aaron a bit mad, Lawrence of Arabia has one of the best scores of all time. Fuck you. Carry on. <laughs> um, but no, like we, we talked about the shower scene so many times. Uh, the shower scene is one of the best scenes of cinema, like by far. Like it's incredible. Um, but there's other stuff as well, like you briefly mentioned it when. Uh, Marion Crane, uh, when she's just sat in the room eating a sandwich, and it, there's just like stuffed birds and like obviously taxidermy and shit all over the wall, and he's just talking about. And we all go a little mad sometimes. Another great. That's one of my favourite lines. I, of the whole film. I I love that. Yeah. And um, yeah, like I said the way obviously the twist plays out. Um, it's just beautiful. And I think what's made me surprised, like I said, Bates Motel is one of my favourite TV shows of all time. And I've always wanted to get Horace Sleeve on my arm. And literally the portrayal, like Freddie Kymore is one of the greatest actors of all time. Like literally he plays Norman Bates incredibly. Like he mm. plays that role on par with Anthony Perkins. And that's saying something. Like literally I was so enticed, but I'd, I didn't know which one to get. Like I didn't know whether to get a, like a Norman Bates tattoo of Freddie Highmore or Anna Perkins because he is that good in that role. Um, and it's other stuff like that, like going back to some earlier stuff off my list. It's stuff that's happened now in my life as well that makes me love this film even more, like with Bates Motel. But, yeah. Uh, Psycho is just, like I said, it's the granddaddy slasher. Without Psycho, you're not going to have most horror films that were made in the 80s and the 90s. Like it, st- it started everything off. And... The book is incredible by Robert Block as well. Um, but the character of anime, it's a lot darker, the book as well, obviously. He like, chops her heads off and stuff like that. It's mental. But um, the twist, like I said, when he bought like every copy of the books and nobody could read what happens in the book, Alfred Hitchcock. If you watch the film Hitchcock, it's basically when he was making 
psycho. Um, and I said, I think Anthony Hopkins, like, again, plays him really well. And it's Scott Johansson playing uh, Janet Lee. Um, but, yeah, like, just thinking of that film is just... You can watch it any time as well, strangely. I mean, you, t- you think of the premise of the film, you, you don't think you could happily sit and watch it. But yeah. Wasn't, it like, the opening scene of Psycho, like, even even that really controversial because she was, like, in a bra yeah, and yeah, stuff like that? In the same room, basically. Yeah, in a bra, like, in the room. Um, and obviously she steals the money and runs away. Um, but I was going to say it anyway, but... Like you said, if nobody's seen this 60 years later, like, to kill off your main character halfway through the film. Yeah, that yeah, was so good. Yeah, there's a lot of films that do that successfully and still Especially hold up. Uh... Like massive, like, Janet Lee in the time as well. Uh, and again, so, it, it's homaged in yeah. Scream. Like, they got Drew Barrymore in just for the first 12 minutes of the film just to kill her off. Like... Like uh, no country for men did it as well. Like, I don't think I don't think he did it as well. Like Psycho continued, didn't it? Yeah, Wait, no country for old men. They did do yeah, it. Yeah, he's he's, he's thinking no of there will be blood again, isn't he? Oh, <laughs> are you, are you thinking no, of no country for old men. Who's in? Who's dies in the first twenty minutes of that? He didn't die in the first twenty minutes, but he goes, he dies like halfway through the film, doesn't he? The main character. No. Like that, Psycho is like again. You think of the sixties. Psycho is the film. It's one of the greatest films ever made of any genre. I agree. Jared. Jared. Uh, my number one involves a man riding a bomb. A man. Are you talking about Doctor Strange? Yes, absolutely. What? Love this film. This is the. <laughs> This is the only film out of my whole list I've got in my collection, and I absolutely love this film. Do you, do you guys not like this film? No, 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 no. I, I like it. I was just surprised. Did you have uh, I just think it's so. Like, I had it on my. I had it on my honorable mentions. Yeah, so it hasn't been said. Yeah. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought it was your number ten. No, uh, number ten. No, was, for me, uh, it's a very meta film. I just love how it's like. I you just. People, they just people don't care, and it's like, oh shit, like. <laughs> no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's kind of just like a piss take of like the Cold War and like what we can have now, almost like. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, like like it's just the story is basically a bomb's gonna hit a place and they can't stop it because they've. You gotta learn how to love it. Yeah, well, they've, ba- they've <laughs> fuck. They've, ba- they've basically they've made a system where the bomb won't stop, <laughs> and they can't get in contact with it. And it's it's just yeah. a good, a really good film. If you've never seen it, it's just like weird. Yeah, I I, I kind of like, like so many like stereotypes. They've got like this like Nazi German dude in it in the wheelchair. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, there's a man get... around the bomb. Obviously, that makes sense in the film. You didn't just ride a bomb. I do want to watch it. I've, um, it was on my list to like uh, films to buy, but well, the reason um, why it's a criterion film. Mm. Trump's new Doctor Strange love plan, the unthinkable. It is very. I love films that like, even though it's like fifty, sixty years old, still relevant today. Yeah. yeah, because 
why like genuinely thinking about like why why do we drop bombs on places like you just gonna <laughs> kill innocents aren't you but we still do it all the time oh Jeremy. do you know what's really weird about this film i always get a mix oh jamie i don't think we can hear you the um I'm not speaking. the david oh. lynch film Erase your head for some reason. I don't know why. Erasure. It's because it's Erasure. the weird German dude has got fluffy hair. What? I don't know why I always mix it up with that film. Okay. But you, I can, tell us, you can tell us what your number one film is then. My number one, my theme of the week has been, well, my top three anyway, it's just been like fun films. My 70s films were all a bit like trauma horrific. Um, you chose now, a new hope. <laughs> not there now <laughs> um, my number one film is a film that I've seen many times it's got the perfect I want to say the best ensemble cast ever in a film and it is The Great Escape oh, The Great Escape oh, oh, you proper like them like films the Great Escape is... Oh, it, birds it is, are coming to me at this time of night. It's just a perfect classic film. I, I mean, you've got, got Richard Attenborough, like, with the British, and then you've got Steve McQueen. You've also got, like, Charles Brosnan in there, James Gardner in there. And each one of these guys' storylines, like, they just end perfectly. And it's a bittersweet ending for, for most of the characters, and it is, like, a true story as well. Um, but a lot of war films... Um, you know, like they they show like the insanity of war, and um, just show like what what goes on with these prisoners. Where this one doesn't really show that, but you still just get like a great story from it. And I mean, Steve McQueen on that bike, you know, what can you say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do I do really want to watch it again. Like I haven't watched it in like a couple of years, but I do really like it. It was, I was planning on mentioning it, but then I was like, I don't know. It's just there was something about it that hold me, held me back for it. I think I wasn't as engaged in it as I think I should have been. But mm. yeah, I just, I, I really want to watch it again, but I need to be in the mood for it. I can't for just a long, watch it. For a long film, uh, there's not like a scene I could take out of it and nothing's boring in that film I don't think at all like nothing like everything quite adds more to the plot I think it's probably because like you're seeing like the development for each character uh, and it never gets like tiring at all but yeah um yeah I absolutely adore it and I'd probably say it's like it would probably be in my top five of all time I mean it's good but is it escape to victory <laughs> well, I, well, but it is it, the it, first film of a trilogy, and that's the quiz. Like, what are the other two Aaron, films Aaron, in this trilogy? Aaron, Aaron, it is, it is good, but is it chicken run? Well, that's the third <laughs> film in the trilogy. The second being yeah. list. You know, chicken I mean? run is better than any film you've listed today. Well, Every, how many times have we said like you wouldn't have this film or you wouldn't have this film without this? Well, you wouldn't have Chicken Run without the Great Escape. So, <laughs> and that's, fucking, that's, that's, you've that's got like me there. Fact. <laughs> it's um, it's a bit of a myth on this one because you were always saying that it's not you wouldn't have. All I'm saying is you wouldn't have Chicken Run without the Holocaust. So I think it's good that <laughs> we all said that this one wasn't, wasn't going to be like as diverse, and we're not going to have. 
as many different films. This is quite close. Like, there's only two yeah. films that have got like. There's only. Does that mean I'm number one? Just made it. Yeah, I mean we've got four with number tens. <laughs> so we've got four that have got ten points. Okay. So technically, we should disqualify them, but you know. No, we should. So technically, <laughs> there are seven films in the top five. Mm. Okay, name. So we have Great Escape, Doctor Strange, Love and Lawrence of Arabia. Should be disqualified. Uh, I, I, I would. Then, well, what are the other ones? And then you've got the other ones, which is obviously on multiple people's lists. So obviously they've got the points. So technically, fourth place with ten points. It's the Jungle Book. <laughs> I was going to put Jungle Book on mine. Yeah, so it's Jungle, Jungle Book like... made it into the top five. <laughs> top four. Well, oh. it's tied with the other ten. Um, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird is in third place with 11. That was on three people's lists. The Good, the Bad and the Ugly is in second place. Uh, that was on three people's lists. And then the winner is Big Psycho with 20 points. Mm. It's on three people's lists. I, I think for in terms of like this, I think we should just... Well, we, we only really use three of the films, don't we? Like, well, we'll, we'll so, the top one and then... Any. Yeah, so it should be Psycho, Good, Bad and Ugly, and To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah. That's I've never great. seen two of those films. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen Psycho? We've no, seen I'm just not interested in it. I don't like horrors, do I? It's, it's, it's more of a thriller. It's more of a thriller. Yeah. It is I, more of a thriller. I guess I should you watch it. You know the story. It, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like something I, I wouldn't watch. Like, it's not like Midsummer where it's going to yeah, be yeah. lined up or whatever. To um, be honest, I thought it was 50s. Like, because when I think of Hitchcock, I think of like these fifties stuff. So I won't even thought it was sixties for some reason. It's sixty exactly. To uh, oh, is it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's Psycho and the Birds and Marnie. <laughs> I haven't seen Marnie. Uh, but, when uh, again, Marnie was there. There's going to be quite a few Hitchcock in the fifties. Marnie. But um, I'm happy. With, I haven't seen Good, Bad, and Ugly. I was debating watching it. Um, or Once Upon a Time in the West. I'm happy. One of them. But, um, I mean, personally, I'd say Psycho is the best one out of all of those films, but... Personally, I think this is, like, technically, unofficially, like, in a cheating way. Is this the first time, like, all of our number ones have been in the top five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because Aaron's Chinatown wasn't in last week. Um, Kieran's Breakfast Club wasn't in the week before. I'm just quickly going off one. Scream wasn't in. Whisper of the Heart. I mean, there was one in the um, 90s that none of our number ones made the list. Toy Story. Um, it made the list. American History X. Disgusting. Whisper of the Heart and Scream. Uh, all of our number ones didn't make the top five. <laughs> wow. That's um, mental. That means we all loved number two. We- we all love number two. Good fellas. Only one num- there was only one Good number fellas. two. Good fellas. Um, you had Lion King, Jared. Yeah. Um, Kieran had Before Sunrise. Are you and... telling me that Lion King and Toy Story? Oh, no, wait. Niles, Niles did have a number one in the list. Yeah. We don't no, care. we don't count, Niles. But, um, okay. Yeah, another... so there was two number nines. There were two second places that made the list. Aaron's Good Fellas. And... 
be missing from number nine. Oh, me, a few good men. Mm. And then going to the 2020s, um, Lost in Translation. 2020s? Tenet and Parasite. Lost in Translation, Lord of the Rings, Memento and Saw didn't make it in. So again, they didn't make it in to the top five. Uh, 2010s, um, I had Whiplash, that didn't make it. Um, Aaron had in it Stella, that made it. Um, Jared had Wolf of Wall Street, that had the most points. Kieran had Inception, which won. Is that the oh, first time the that's five. happened where we've um, where Wolf Wolf of Wall Street had the most points, but it didn't win? Yeah, we first... picked something else. Yeah, hmm. every other time we picked the top one. Um, I'm happy to pick the top one with this one. It yeah. might not be my favourite. I put it at number. Uh, yeah, Wolf of Wall Street had the most points. But nine. Exception. I would uh, still say Dark probably Knight the, had the most points. Goodfellas had the most points. Blade Runner had the most Wait, points. The new Hulk had was... the most points. Psycho had the most points. How many points does Psycho have? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah, it was a. F- it was ten eight two. So first, third, eight. What was number two? Seven, sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, good, good bad. The bad, ugly. I probably would argue that deserves to be number one, but I'm happy with Psycho. I would say, I would say good, the bad, and ugly, just because I've never seen Psycho. I would, I would say Psycho. I, I would also say good, the bad, and ugly because, like, I know you say it's like horror, but I, I'll go back to the score, and it. I honestly think it is the best score like ever made for a film. Like nothing will ever come close to that. I'll also argue that with the shower scene. He's one of the most iconic scenes I'll also, in cinema. I'll also yeah. argue that with Lawrence of Arabia and the Sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's two against, it's two two. But Psycho, like you can't yeah, cycle, cycle, like, like I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's good or bad, like because I, I can't have an opinion on it. Like I've not seen it, so yeah, I think if apparently we, it's good. If we're if we're two at two, so you two said good bad, we said Psycho, so we just got the points and say Psycho won. Happy days. I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah. So next week it's the fifties, and then we will find out which movie will be in the final place for the greatest movie ever. Be Citizen Kane. Don't let it be Citizen Kane.